Fan for Racing's 2022 NASCAR season preview, along with our hot topic sound off at 10. Uh, we're waiting for our co-host, Sal Segala, to join us here momentarily, but uh, I will give you the rundown here. We're going to spend the first half hour talking about the Arkham and Arts Series East and West, uh, then we'll get into the Arkham Menard series preview, and in the final 10 minutes of the first half hour, we'll talk about the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Uh, at 9 o'clock, we have a guest. Our guest tonight is Blaine Perkins. He's driving for the first time in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series full-time with CR7 Motorsports. So definitely looking forward to chatting with Blaine. He's been a guest of ours uh, on several of our shows, and uh, it's been fun watching him progress with his career. So it's exciting to see him on track this year in the Truck Series. Uh, we'll close out the second half hour tonight with our preview of the Xfinity Series. Then at 9.30, we have another guest. Another frequent visitor at Bamper Racing uh, Radio is Derek Thorne, where he is a Spears Southwest Touring Series champion, and he will be coming on board. He made a big announcement today uh, about uh, racing in the Slayer Nationals up in Wisconsin uh, this year. That will take place in July. But earlier... Uh, he announced that he's going to be doing a lot of racing all over the country, including out in the east, uh, Midwest and east. So uh, definitely looking forward to talking to Garrett Thorne about uh, these new opportunities this season. Uh, and then we'll close out that second half hour with our preview of the NASCAR Cup Series, and uh, that will conclude our 2022 NASCAR season preview. And joining me now is our co-host, Sal Segala. How are you, Sal? Oh, I'm good, Sharon. Thank you. I was, it's been such a long hiatus. I almost forgot we had a show that I was sitting there. Daddy goes, hey, she goes, why are you just sitting there? She goes, I just was are you supposed to be doing something? I go, yeah, yeah I'm relaxing. <laughs> she goes, no. She goes, it's Monday. I go, oh, holy cow. I says, yeah, we've been off for so long that I, I told her, yeah, I said, I, I think I was supposed to, I think I was supposed to call in. Let me see if I still have the number. Well, I'm glad you found the number and called in. Uh, I just want to remind folks too, Sal, that at 10 o'clock, uh, we will have our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off segment uh, with the rest of our fans racing crew. And we've got uh, tonight, uh, Jay Huseman will be on board, Mike Orzel, as well as Tommy Kraft. So definitely looking forward to our Hot Topics tonight, too. If You're welcome to join us, Sal, if you're available. Uh, unfortunately, it's a bad week. We're doing, um, we're doing a repipe in the house. Oh, a complete okay. repipe, so we're tearing up walls, and, and of course, I'm the designated patcher. <laughs> so I'm the one oh that has to do all the patching. Yeah. So my, oh, my, okay. my buddy from high school is doing all the piping, but he's cutting up the walls, but he goes, I don't patch them, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I guess I'm the patcher. Oh, okay. Then. Well, we are going to have to get into our re- preview here real quick because uh, I want to let people know that uh, the – Arkham Menard Series East and West will be on the track again this season. The Arkham Menard Series East cell has uh, seven races, I believe, one, two, three, six, seven races starting at New Smyrna Speedway in February and concluding September 15th 
at Bristol Motor Speedway. And in between, there'll be a Five Flags Speedway, Dover uh, Motor Speedway, Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, Iowa Speedway, and, of course, the Milwaukee Mile, as well as the finale at Bristol. So that's pretty exciting. You want to cover the West? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get in here. I haven't okay, even, I haven't even looked at our schedule for today. Three, yeah. Six, nine. There's nine races for the Arca West. Nine. And they always start and plus. end at Phoenix. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, we're back to the old to the old um. We're back to the old uh, to the old starting at, the old at um. Yeah, the old schedule we start and end at Phoenix, which is good. I've always liked that schedule. I I just wish we mm-hmm. could have more more races in between instead of um. You know, I I, I know last year we had that big break, but and actually yeah. this year, I think. We, Looks like we are going to have another big break. We're going to have like a two month break well, or something. April, May, June. Yeah, between um mm-hmm. between Kern and uh between Kern and Portland again. But but at least they're not putting like last year they did um, Evergreen and Portland together on that same weekend. So yeah, so yeah, so this we're starting off at Phoenix on March 11th, which will culminate with the um with the Cup race, the Xfinity race at Phoenix, and then from there then we we go uh two weeks we come out here to Irondale Speedway for the Napa Parts 150 and then um, and then a month later then we go we hit Kern County Raceway Park for the Kern County 150 and then they take a a month a month off and then hit Portland on June the 4th and then from there then the following week then they're going to hit Sonoma Raceway June 11th which is I, I would say for fans, if you really want to see some good racing, and you and you're going to hit an Arca West race, make sure and get the Sonoma race because this will be the first year back, and I don't know how many years that we're finally getting the, the Cappy World Truck Series back. So they're going to run Arca West, Cappy World Truck Series, and the and the NASCAR Cup Series all in the same weekend. So um, it's going to be mm-hmm. exciting to finally get the trucks back at Sonoma this year. So that's one race you're definitely not going to want to miss. And then we come back in July, back to Oradell Speedway. And then August 20th, we go up to uh, Monroe, Washington, to uh, Evergreen Speedway in August. And then coming back to Portland again on September 3rd to Portland International Raceway. And then October 1st, we'll be at All-American Speedway, which is uh, uh, Bill McAnally's racetrack. And then from there, then, we, then we're going to do the Star Nursery 150 again, which which is a, a very old race on the schedule in October. And then the championship race will end November 5th in Phoenix with the with the Arca Series, Capital World Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. Yeah, that's really exciting to see some of these. Like Portland's on the schedule twice. You've got Irwindale on the schedule twice. Uh, so it's always fun to see that happen. Of course, Phoenix is on the schedule twice. And, uh, so there's road course racing, there's short track racing, uh, Sonoma's back. So very, very exciting to see the nine race schedule for the Arkham Menard Series West. Now, uh, for the Arkham Menard Series, uh, they have a 20 race schedule again this season. Uh, they'll be starting 
at uh, Daytona International Speedway on February the 19th and continuing uh, for those 20 races uh, all the way through to Toledo will be the season finale on October the 8th. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of tracks in between, uh, including uh, Phoenix Raceway on March the 11th. They'll be there for that uh, season opener for the West. Uh, Talladega Super Speedway in April. In May, you've got uh, Talladega Super Speedway in Kansas, uh, as well as Charlotte Motor Speedway. On June, in June, they'll be touching in uh, racing in Iowa Speedway, Berlin Raceway, and Elko Speedway. July, the schedule hits uh, Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, Pocono Raceway, and Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, Also, in August, you've got Michigan International Speedway, Watkins Glen International, the Illinois State Fairgrounds, the Milwaukee Moscow are all included on the August schedule. And then in September, it starts to uh, wind down again with just three races, DeCoin State Fairgrounds, uh, Kansas Speedway, Bristol Motor Speedway, and then October, we finish up with the Fall Classic on October 1st, and again, the season finale at Toledo Speedway on October the 8th. Now, Sal, you'll remember, as part of the Arkham Menard series, there's also the Sioux Chief Showdown. It's a second opportunity for uh, drivers to earn a championship. They don't have a schedule up here for some reason. That's too bad. But 10 races within that um, 20-race schedule will include that Sioux Chief Showdown event. So uh, watch for more information on that as we get closer to the season starting. So uh, a lot of uh, great things. Frankie Munez, Sal, he was uh, as part of the uh, pre-race practice at Daytona. Oh, yeah, remember I – oh, no, did I tell you last year – well, he he didn't want to, he didn't he didn't want to say anything. But when he was at Irondale, he did a couple races at Irondale, and I talked to him. And um, actually, he has uh, he's going to be racing. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the Arca Menards West Series this year. And I think he was just using um, Arca the test session at Daytona, you know, just to get you know more seat time. But um, mm-hmm. he hasn't put his his press release out yet, which I probably shouldn't have said anything. But um, I, I know a lot of people who are, well, trying to, are trying to get at him. But his, I was his, say, um, I'd love to have him on the show if you get another chance to talk to him. Uh, but some oh, other yeah, news I, here, I'm, Greg Van Alt. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll talk to Tim Huddleston and see if I can um if I can um uh, get his his contact info. Set up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, Greg Van Alt uh, topped pre-race practice charts uh, during that practice time at Daytona. So uh, that gives a little bit of a preview. And um, uh, Daytona to the Chili Bowl, Jesse Love uh, had a big weekend. But probably the biggest news, Shell, the biggest news is probably that all of the Arkham and Art Series races, along with the, the, the other regional touring series, uh, including the Modifies and so on, are going to be on streaming on Flow Racing. 
and uh, you can become a uh, member there for the season and catch every race uh, for the Arkham Menard Series East and West. Uh, and then also, uh, it's also going to be on the NBC streaming and, and Fox Sports 1, the way, you know, or I guess it's, it, it depends. Yeah, it, it depends. I've got the broadcast schedule here. Um, they've got, uh, yeah, Flow Racing, Fox Sports app. But a, a lot of the racing uh, is going to be on Flow Racing this year, which is uh, pretty cool. And I thought I understood that they would also still be broadcasting on MAV TV as well, if you have MAV TV. Um, so something to keep your eye out uh, with the flow racing. Check that out. Oh, yeah. I, I heard, yeah, I heard the, the flow is definitely picking up a lot of the, you know, like, other, like a lot of the short track stuff, you know, like from Five Flags. Um, is it flow or is it, mm-hmm. or is it racing America? Yeah, it is, it is flow because they're, they're, they're part of the, um, I think they're part of the Speed 51 deal now. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll have, uh, in in addition to the racing, they'll have driver interviews, behind-the-scenes access, on-site race day coverage, analysis, and more. So uh, there'll be all kinds of events that you'll be able to see, like at Bowman's Grave Stadium, there's Furnace Speedway, Berlin Raceway. So I think it's pretty exciting uh, that fans can can, uh, have access to that now. And... uh, and I will say that the fans can subscribe to Flow Racing uh, for $150 a year, a value equaling less than 10 cents per race. That's how many races they are covering uh, through Flow Racing. So I think it's going to be definitely a big value. Uh, it's going to include, in addition to all the ARCA races, Pinty's, Advanced Auto Parts Racing, NASCAR Wheel and Modified. I mean, there's going to be a lot of racing on there it's going to be cool exactly yeah exactly and, and they're even um uh actually if i'm not mistaken their package covers um it covers a uh um you can either buy it by the month or else yeah or else they have like a huge savings where you can just buy it for the whole year and and it, like mm-hmm. you said it includes it includes everything you know that any any racing that's going to be going on it's going to include it all Mhm. Arca always has some great articles up at arcaracing.com. If you want to kind of catch up with what's going on in the series uh, and with those practice sessions at Daytona, they have all the details right there. Tony Breidinger is going to write, race the full Arca schedule with Venturini Motorsports. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and actually, she's she's um she she did a lot last season to to get herself. Uh, you know, prepare for this season. I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on her, you know, as well as there's going to be a lot of eyes on Haley Deegan because this might be the season that that uh, that David Gilliland, you know, lets her loose, you know, lets her, you know, start. Well, you she's know, in the truck series, that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's back in the truck series. But I'm just talking about, you know, just females in general that are going to be out there racing, you know, full-time this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I guess we'll get to that uh, when we talk this- about we get the trucks, yeah. Yeah. The season opener is the Lucas Oil 200 driven by General Tire. That'll take place on Saturday, February the 19th at Daytona International Speedway. 
uh, and uh, it's a 2.5-mile paved oval uh, in Daytona Beach, and uh, the start time will be 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. They'll race 80 laps over 200 miles, uh, and it will be televised on Fox Sports 1. So you will be able to see that race. Uh, Daytona is always exciting because it's kind of our, our uh, world series of racing uh, when we get to, when everything starts up again for the season. And uh, uh, I really, I really love uh, the season openers and everything starting up in February. Yeah, it's time to get some, get some racing started. So um, I'm sure, you know, drivers are excited. Fans are excited. Teams are excited to get back yep. to work and, you know, just see how, you know, how it, much different is it going to be this year, you know, now that, you know, in some areas COVID is kind of let loose, but then in other areas COVID kind of picked up. So it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this season, you know, how it plays out. Yes, it is. Uh, now we also want to get into the Camping World Truck Series because they're starting up. Uh, this year as well. In fact, the Camping World Truck Series will start off their season in February with the Next Era Energy 250 at Daytona International Speedway, 100 laps over 200 miles. And uh, the race will be televised on Fox Sports 1 as well as on the radio on MRN. In March, they'll be visiting Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Circuit of the Americas. That's kind of cool. In April, they'll be in Martinsville and Bristol Motor Speedway. In May, they hit Darlington, Kansas, and Texas Motor Speedway, along with Charlotte Motor Speedway. June finds them in the Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois, Sonoma Raceway, Knoxville Raceway, and Nashville Super Speedway. Some cool tracks there. July, only two races. Uh, if, uh, and that will end their regular season at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. And Pocono Raceway is the final race of the regular season. Then it starts the round of 10, uh, and they'll be racing in July at the Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. Uh, in August, they'll be at the uh, Richmond Raceway, Kansas Speedway, and then the playoff rounds of eight starts at Bristol Motor Speedway on September 15th. October, they'll be racing at Talladega and Homestead uh, before they determine who's going to be racing in that season finale at Phoenix on November the 4th in the Lucas Oil 150. So uh, a lot of these, all these races are actually going to be televised on Fox Sports 1, and uh, that's pretty cool as well. Yes, it sure is. That um, race at Nashville Super Speedways and uh, the one in June is going to be that's really going to be one race to really watch that one. And then of course Knoxville, Knoxville again, and then like I said, Sonoma on the road course at um, over here in um, over here in uh, Sonoma, California. That's going to be what that's going to be a really good super super uh, NASCAR weekend right there. It really is. It really is. So um, I, I think that uh, NASCAR has put together some really amazing schedules, uh, not just in the NASCAR series, top three series, but I think the ARCA Racing Series uh, with the East and the West, those are great schedules as well. So, uh, again, we're all looking forward to that uh, Daytona race that starts up in February. 
with the Camping World Truck Series. Now, I'm trying to catch up with some of the news in the Truck Series. Um, I know, uh, let's see, let's, I want to go to the Truck Series news. Our first guest tonight is actually racing full-time with CR7 in the, in yes. the Capital Truck Series, which we'll, which we'll be talking to him in a, in a few minutes, or which will be Blaine, uh, Blaine Perkins. So he's looking forward to a really exciting season this year. Yes, I, I was uh, mentioning earlier that uh, Blaine Perkins was going to be on, and we followed his career for a long time, Sal, so this is really cool to see him uh, breaking into the Truck Series full-time and uh, racing with a team like CR7 Motorsports that's affiliated with GMX Racing. So um, uh, I've, I've got a couple questions for him already from some of our Fan for Racing crew members. So uh, that's going to be fun to uh, uh, talk with him again. It's always fun catching up with him. Yeah, yes, it is. Another driver, uh, Matt DiBenedetto, is going to be running full-time in the Truck Series this year, too, with Rackley War uh, in 2022. So that was big news early in January. Yes, and actually, um, Rackley War is the one that, that stepped up and, and is sponsoring the um, the race at Nashville Super Speedway this year. Um, they also yes. stepped up, um, and had, they had two drivers in the Snowflake 100, and they have they got uh, Jake Bowman from out here in California, who's also going to be racing um, some uh, short track racing for for uh, Rackley War. So it's um, mm-hmm. they've they've really stepped up. Uh, Rackley Roofing has really stepped up, you know, and, and, you know, gotten themselves in deep, you know, with, with NASCAR for this upcoming season. Yep. Uh, Parker Kligerman's going to be back part-time running with Henderson Motorsports. Jesse Little is going to be at, is already added to Young Motorsports uh, driver lineup uh, for this season. Uh, Corey Heim is going to be racing 15 races for Kyle Busch Motorsports this year. And Chris Hacker is partnering with Rayum Brothers for 2022. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be an exciting, another exciting season with the trucks as it is every year. Uh, gosh, can't, I can't wait for, for their season to get started. That was some of the best racing we see last year. With, was with the trucks, oh. and actually, and actually, Vinny right. put on a good show too. Yeah, you know, for a long time I said trucks had the best racing in NASCAR, but uh, I think the Xfinity Series has really stepped up their game, and and they've had some exciting racing as well. So we'll see what the new car brings to the Cup Series, but we'll talk more on that uh, when we get to uh, both of those series uh, coming up here, coming up. Wayne Perkins, he signed on with CR7 Motorsports uh, full-time in the Camping World Truck Series for this season. He'll be driving the number nine uh, for them. So that's, uh, again, really cool news. I'm sure he's excited about it. Oh, yeah, he has to be. I mean, you know, he he raced, you know, part-time, you know, know, caught a few rides last year in the Xfinity Series, you know, know, kept his name out there. Um, Heck, he even won a a stage, you know, up at – up at um, uh, Talladega, you know, in his Xfinity car, and he was racing with um, R Motorsports. But um, when he made the announcement that he was going to be racing full time with the, uh, you know, CR7, I, I, I don't know if if you've seen the video that he put up. It was really super cool because it was like a, 
it was kind of like he walked in and it was kind of like a Christmas present. They had the truck all wrapped up and he opened it up and everything. <laughs> it was, they did a, they did a super, super cool job on the way they, you know, the way he announced, you know, the, yeah. the you know, the deal that he was racing this year. It was, you got to go back and see it. It's on his Facebook page, Sharon, but it was really, I'm going to have to it check was it really out. really neat the way. I like oh, the it truck. was really neat the way they did it. Oh, yeah. Truck is beautiful. Beautiful artwork yeah. on it. And he's got some great sponsors this year as well. And, uh, uh, you know, this is Cody Rohrbaugh's team. And you'll remember Grant Infinger drove for CR7 Motorsports last year when he couldn't race, race with GMS Racing. So uh, uh, this is really kind of cool that uh, Blaine Perkins is going to have that kind of support. And Ron Hornaday Jr. is part of that uh, organization as well and uh, will be coaching with uh, Lane Perkins this year. And he's got some yes, connections and actually, with them. And actually it was Ron, I think it was Ron Hornaday who was the one that really put the put the word in, you know, to get Blaine, you know, behind the seat of the truck from what I heard from, mm-hmm. you know, some friends, you know, who are real close with the situation out there. But it's going to be an exciting season for Blaine, you know, you know, get a shot out there, you know, with, uh, you know, you know, running the trucks and, um, you know, especially, you know, getting a full-time ride instead of just, you know, doing part-time, you know, uh, right here, right there, at least this way, you know, he knows, you know, he can, he can prep himself, you know, for race after race. I just hope that this year we're going to have, finally have practice back because at practice, I, we, yeah. we, we all noticed, and even talked to a lot of the drivers, it, it, it killed a lot of the newer drivers that were coming in, you know, not having the practice and the yeah. qualifying, you know, especially on tracks they hadn't been to before. You know, they just couldn't, you well, know, really get the help. handle on the, on the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to help Lane for sure because he raced in the Xfinity Series at Phoenix last year for the season finale. Uh, and But this is going to be the first time that he's been in a truck. So he's going to have a quick learning curve there. Uh, he's going to start off with a learning curve in the truck series, having never raced that series before. Well, actually, he's raced in a truck before. You go back to like 2014, 2013, oh, 2014, so around there. He, he, he raced in the, he 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 raced a full season in a truck over here at Irondale, in the Irondale race trucks, and uh, and and did a whole season. Uh, it was exciting. Gosh, I was going through old pictures and looking at some some of the pictures from the from his truck racing days, and it was he had a he had a really sporty looking truck back then too. So, I mean, this one he has now, I, it's 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 even nicer. <laughs> yes, I really like the the design on his truck. Uh, and he will be driving, I don't think I said the uh, truck number yet. I did say it, number nine. He'll be driving the number nine in the truck series for the uh, uh, for uh, CR7 Motorsports. So I'm keeping an eye on my queue here to see if he's calling in. Uh, I don't want to miss him. So, uh, But just to let you know that we also have Derek Thorne coming on at 9.30 tonight as well. And he's a champion in the Spirit Southwest Touring Series, but he had some big news this year as well. Oh yeah, they they they, they did a. He's here uh, now. Kind of, Chad, kind of so like I'm going to go ahead. Oh, he's here. I'm going to go ahead. And, All right. Yeah, Blaine's here, so I'm going to bring him into the queue, so we can go ahead and get started. Uh, we have Blaine Perkins with us. He's driving with CR7 Motorsports, as we've been talking about in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and Blaine. Uh, how, how exciting uh, it was for all of us to hear the news that you're racing full-time this year in the truck series. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm really excited for this year. It's honestly a dream come true to be able to drive a full season here in one of NASCAR's premier top three series. And um, to be able to do it with all the great guys at CR7 Motorsports, is, uh, it's going to be a fun year, and I'm looking forward to getting it started off here at Daytona pretty soon. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I know that uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about how these things came about, and you have some connections with Ron Hornaday, one of the greats in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. And uh, is, is that your connection to getting started with them? Yeah, so I met the Hornaday family as a whole this year. Um, after I moved out here from, from Bakersfield, I moved to Mooresville this past year, um, North Carolina. And um, meeting the Hornadays has been a really, really awesome. They've just kind of accepted me as part of the family. They're just a great group group of people. Um, and obviously, Ron himself is Hall of Famer, truck champion. I, I don't even know how many times. Too many to count for me. So um, just <laughs> leaning on him, obviously, has just been really cool and getting all this his knowledge and um, I'm looking forward to, to using it and hopefully uh, getting some, some uh, races under our belt here and running really well and competing for some wins this year. Well, I know Sal reminded us that you did drive in the truck series uh, back in 2014, was it, Sal? Or yes, it was, it was way – yeah, it was, it was way back in the day. But um, it was – I mean, it was still he still hit the half mile, so, uh, you know, he still got the truck experience. Yeah, I know. We I ran that uh, Irwindale Race Truck Series that year. I think I think you're right, uh, 2014. So it'll be interesting to get back into a, a truck. Obviously, they're a little bit different now, bigger racetracks. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I've heard nothing but great, great um, things about the truck series and just all the different competitors. And um, be, like I said, being able to be full time this year is really a dream come true. Okay, Sal, you have some questions for Blaine. Yes, Blaine, how, how did all this, I mean, last season, you know, you drove Xfinity, and then also this season, you know, you go full-time trucks. What was the deciding factor, you know, in going, you know, from, you know, from, from the Xfinity to the, to the uh, truck series? Yeah, so last year we ran eight races in the Xfinity series. Um, I felt like we ran really well. We won a stage last year at Talladega, um, had some really good finishes towards the end of the year. Um, but I think the, my main goal for this year was to just try to find a, a good home for me um, to race full-time. I, that was really important to me. And um, so being able to run a full 23-race schedule and being able to get more comfortable with my crew and um, just be able to build on something throughout a whole year is really important. And I think um, by doing that with everybody at CR7, my crew chief, Doug George, um, I think we're really going to be able to put something together for this year. And I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. So I'm looking forward to it, kind of that underdog mentality. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I feel like that's always the most fun kind of mentality to have. Yeah, but, you know, you know, you kind of mentioned underdog, but, I mean, you still have the experience because, you know, you, you have been out there, you know, um, um, on occasion, you know, on, on the big stage, you know, per se. So getting into a truck, especially with Ron Horner Day as your coach, I mean, what, what better um, – what what better uh, mix could you have, you know, especially with all the experience that, you know, Ron has, like you said. I mean, I lost count of the championships he's won, the races he's won, and just the way he, you know, he dominated the truck series, you know, in, in his day. Yeah, obviously he's uh, – <laughs> there's really no much, nobody better you could ask for to have on my side and in my ear telling me how to get better each and every race. And 
um, <laughs> I think he knows that I'll be calling him after every race and uh, asking for his thoughts and opinions on how to get better. And um, just, it's really cool to be able to have that opportunity with Ron and um, Hornaday development with his daughter, Candace. It's just been really fun time um, getting to know these guys over the past year. And um, I think we're just going to have a really successful year together. So, so how do you prep for a full season now since last year, you know, the year before, you know, you know, it's kind of, you know, you know, a race here and there. And now all of a sudden, you know, you have to, you know, you have to prep for a full season, you know, you know, you know, what races you're going to be at, you know, you know, where you have to be week in and week out. But the main thing is, you know, what is it? It's going to be a grueling schedule. It's going to be something, you know, far more than, you know, than what, I don't know how many weeks we used to run at Orindale, you know, that you throw in a few current races here and there, but now, you know, you're on a bigger stage, you know, and now it's, uh, you know, now it's, um, gosh, how do you say it? It's, it's, it's go time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, I've never ran a 23 race schedule before, like 23 weekends. Um, so it, it'll be a little bit different, but I, I think it's, um, just see time is so valuable. And I think over last year, that was my biggest struggle is without practice. Um, hopping in a car once a month was, was difficult when these guys were in a car almost every weekend. So that's uh, kind of out of scenario now that now that we're full-time. So I think um, it'll just be a really good process for me to be in a car each and every week. I think throughout the middle of the season, we go eight straight weeks racing. So it'll be a little hectic, like you said, but I'm, I'm ready for it. That's just, this is what I, lo- I live for. And um, obviously racing is what I've wanted to do my whole life. So, I would do it every weekend, 52 weeks a year if I could. Well, you know, it's, it's taken a while to get here. Like I was telling Sherry, you know, I was looking at some old pictures of you that I have, you know, you know, back, you know, from, gosh, all, all the way back to I don't even know when, you know, and here we are, you know, 2022, you know, and, you know, the, the way you um, presented, you know, this is, you know, I'm starting the season out, you know, full time, you know, the whole video thing, that was, that was probably one of the most awesomest, uh, you know, um, pre-race, pre-season productions I've ever seen, the way you did the unwrapping and, you know, everything that culminated with it. Yeah, I thought it turned out really good. That was a really good idea by the race team and um, everybody kind of involved with it, as well as our videographer, James. He did an awesome job with that, and I I couldn't have uh, picked a better video to kind of make our announcement kind of our christmas announcement but um it turned out really cool and like i said i'm just i'm ready to get to daytona now it's coming up i think we're about a month away now so um just every day (laughs) every day that ticks by i'm getting a little more anxious and and i know and i know sharon still has a few more questions for you yes i do uh i just want (laughs) to let fans know (laughs) that uh Blaine Perkins is a driver, again, that we've been following uh, throughout his career. He's got over 40 starts in the Eric Menard Series West. He's a three-time NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series champion in the late models, winning the 2019 California State title, plus the Irwindale Speedway and the Kern County Speedway Track Championship. So you bring a lot of experience with you. But uh, I know this is a new experience in the truck series, but you've got so much support. But you've also got the affiliation with GMS Racing uh, and the, all the drivers at that uh, organization as well. And Cody Yeah, Dorval. absolutely. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, everybody, um, 
uh, being a, having that affiliation with uh, GMS Racing is really important. I mean, obviously they um, are truck champions. What was it two years ago now? So being able to lean on a, mm-hmm. a championship caliber type of team is really important. And um, I've met Cody now a couple times, and he's just a great guy. I couldn't be happier to drive for him. And um, I, I'm just it, it's pretty cool um, thinking back about it. How many times I've been on your guys' show and really how, how long you guys have followed me throughout my career. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate that. Um, I, I'm sure it's probably been close to six, eight years now. So just wanted to thank you guys for having me on the show every every so often and um, getting always talking about my career. Oh, well, we we enjoy it very, very much. Uh, now, Tim Fenua is going to be your spotter as well. Have you ever had a chance to work with him? I mean, so I know you haven't been on the track yet, but have you worked with him in any of the other series? No, so I haven't worked with him um, any previous races, um, but I have talked to him multiple times. Um, we're just trying to get on a similar game plan for Daytona. Obviously, he's Kevin Harvick's spotter, and um, it's pretty cool. And, and have the same spotter as Harvick, so I think he'll lead me in a lot of good directions this year and help me improve as a race car driver. And um, throughout the year, I'm just looking forward to working with him, Doug George. Ron Hornaday. I mean, you've got so many just great names behind me to help support me and uh, make me a better race car driver. And as a race team, just uh, keep getting better each and every week. Yes, indeed, because some of these tracks are going to be first-time tracks. Uh, but you have a lot of short track experience. And uh, uh, I think I read in your press release, too, that you uh, are looking forward to the road courses as well. Is that right? Yeah, so we ran, um, we won the Archer West race at Utah two years ago now. So I started in go-karts. I run legend cars on road courses every year still. Um, I love road racing, so I'm looking forward to getting to those three road courses this year, especially Sonoma. Um, I guess that'll be my home home track, home race, and um, mm-hmm. maybe have a little bit of a heads-up on the field running Sonoma a couple times in the Kane and West Series days, and um, I know it's a new track for the truck series going back there. So just looking forward to getting there for sure. All right. Well, we're looking forward to watching you for sure as well. And um, I, I'm, I'm wondering, Blaine, I may have asked you this question before, but I'm going to ask it again. Um, have, have you? Do you ever do iRacing? Does that help you kind of uh, work on maybe – uh, some of these bigger tracks that you'll be at, especially Daytona, the season opener. Yeah, absolutely. I think anything you can do as a race car driver, it, it helps, especially with these tracks I've never been to that I'm going to. So um, whether it's just, I think race, uh, iRacing does such a good job at um, just the visuals of the racetracks. And I think that's the biggest um, key for me is just when I finally get on the racetrack, I kind of know where I am on the racetrack. So um, that's always something I've, used and um, we'll keep using throughout my career and um, whether it's watching previous races or iRacing or simulator time or just talking to people that have been to these racetracks. I try to do everything I can um, to be prepared, most prepared as I can be when it comes to race day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, some of the drivers that your uh, crew chief has worked on, Marola, John Andretti, Kyle Busch, Ricky Carmichael, Danny Hamlin, Ron Hornaday Jr., Mark Martin, and Mike Skinner. Those are some pretty big names. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd say those are some really good names, and uh, to have my name <laughs> attached to him is uh, really um, pretty cool. It definitely is. So, uh, anyway, again, we're really looking forward to watching you. I know the first race is uh, on FS1, 7.30 p.m., Friday, February the 18th, at Daytona International Speedway. And uh, thank goodness you're going to have some practice time as well. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully we get some practice this year. I'm looking forward to that for sure. (laughs) Okay. Sal, I'm going to give you some time here for some more questions that you might have. Now, going into the season, Blaine, is there any tracks that you're actually looking forward, you know, to, uh, you know, that that are probably, you know, you've thought about, you know, throughout your coast career, you know, there's like, you know, a couple tracks you said, gosh, one day I sure would love to race there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know me, I'm just a race car driver that loves to go to any racetrack and, and race every weekend, but thinking about the series schedule for next year, I, I'm definitely probably thinking maybe Darlington. I know it's a tough racetrack, but all the history there, it just seems like such a cool racetrack. And I hear the drivers talk about it nonstop about how amazing of a racetrack it is. So being able to go there for the first time, I think will be a really cool experience. You know, it's, 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 it's going to be neat to see you there, you know, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to Sonoma. Um, with, of course, because of COVID, we hadn't missed the last couple of races there, but this year I'm already, I'm already, buggy sharing to make sure she gets my um, my request in early because that's one race I definitely don't want to miss, you know, especially to see you out there. Um, what was your reaction from your dad and your grandpa especially? Because I know they're huge fans of yours, you know, when, when all this came, when all this came together. Oh, yeah, you know them. They're uh, my biggest supporters. So they were excited and thrilled for me, and um, they try to come to all, all the races that they can, and uh, my whole family is just a big support of mine. So just, it's really nice to have that good group of people around me. Um, and just, like I said, have such a great support system that when I do go to the racetrack, whether how good or bad we finish, um, I've always got them to kind of lean on and uh, look forward to and then move on to the next race. Is there any chance that we'll see you possibly, you know, during one of your off seasons, you know, come back and maybe get in a, you know, one of the pro lates or maybe even the super late, you know, come back and, and visit us back over here on the West Coast? I sure hope so. Um, nothing in the plans in the works right now, but you know me, I love racing um, out there on the West Coast. I, I take pride in being from the West Coast. So um, hopefully one day I'll come back there and run some races at Irwindale. I know the big uh, all-star showdown is getting ready to come up here and um, love seeing all the big names go around that race. And um, just, I think you'll definitely see me out there sooner than later. So um Hopefully, I'll see you at the track pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Well, Blaine, on my end, I just want to say congratulations again on the, you know, on the getting the full time ride again. Um, best of luck this, of course, always best of luck this season. I, and I know, you know, we'll be getting you on, you know, a few more times, you know, before the end of the season. And, uh, you know, just uh, go out there, you know what, and, and and make the West Coast proud. Okay, now I've got I've got some more questions here too for you. Uh, in fact, Mike, uh, part of our fan racing crew, uh, wanted me to ask uh, if, with with the fact that NASCAR uh, Cup Series is getting a new car this year, they've got their next generation car uh, in the works here. Uh, is there any trickle down effect? Do you know uh, as far as the Truck Series teams getting some of those parts from the older cars? 
Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Um, thinking about it, I, I know that the, the truck series has the new body this year, so I, I don't necessarily know how much uh, compatibility there is between the old cars to the trucks. Um, I'm, I would assume the Xfinity cars get a little bit more of the hand-me-downs from the Cup Series, but I could be wrong. I'm definitely not the, the engineer behind this truck, thankfully. I've got a good group of people that do that. So <laughs> I might not be the best person to answer that question, but as far as I know, um, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of suspected that might be the case, but um, uh, it seems to me like the Xfinity cars might be a little bit more compatible uh, with the Cup Series, but there might be a few parts that could still go to the Truck Series teams. Um and uh, maybe we can get your crew chief on at some point, and he can answer that question for us. But uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the question from Mike is, is all the same. Um, but, again, I know you're going to be racing. Uh, that first race comes up on February. I just had the schedule up here. I want to get it back. Uh, in February 15th, February 18th, it will be broadcast on uh Fox Sports 1, so fans will be able to watch. We'll be able to hopefully catch some of the uh, practice sessions and interviews in between uh, that weekend as well. So uh, let fans know how they can follow you, Dwayne. Yeah, so the best way to follow me um, is on my Facebook athletes page at official Blaine Perkins, as well as my Instagram and Twitter handles are Blaine Perkins 21 as well as my website for any updates, um, BlaineBerkins.com. So that's definitely the best way to kind of keep up with my racing career and everything we're doing on a week-to-week basis. Okay. Again, that race is the next era, Energy 250, on Friday, February the 18th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time at Daytona International Speedway. <laughs> that is so exciting. Uh, you'll be racing 100 laps and covering a distance of 250 miles. So it's going to be a lot of fun, Wayne. I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. And we hope you'll come back and visit with us again before it's all over with this season. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want. I, I love joining the show and really appreciate you guys for doing everything. Well, we appreciate you as well, Blaine. So uh, we'll we'll be watching. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Take care now. All right, Sal. That was Blaine Perkins, and uh, he always gives us a really great interview. I'm excited. He's with CR7 Motorsports, Cody Rohrbaugh's team, uh, racing in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series full-time this season. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting season for him. It's gonna be an exciting season for the truck series, you know, and you know, see, you know, what you know how it uh how the season plays out again. I mean, man, it was so nail biting races last year, you know, a lot of man, just a lot of a lot of action with this with this series, you know, and um felt like playing up for the challenge, you know, he's ready to go, you know, and uh you know, we'll see how the how you know, how his season as well as, you know, everybody else's season goes out there you know hopefully you know nascar's you know made a turn with with what the changes that they've made you know that'll you know keep you know some of the fans you know watching and even bringing some newer fans yes indeed uh we're going to move on now to the uh, xfinity series preview 
And uh, their first race is coming up at Daytona International Speedway on February the 19th at 5 p.m. That's on Saturday. Uh, do you want to cover the uh, uh, schedule there, Sal? Yeah, I got it up. Yeah, so like you said, Sharon, okay. we're going to be starting off at uh, we'll be starting off at Daytona. It'll be a 300 300 lap, oh, 120-lap race, 300 miles, and it'll be the beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. And then the following week, then we go to, um, we come out here to the West Coast to buy into the town, to Auto Club Speedway, Fontana, California, for the production Alliance 300, which will be another 300-mile race, 150 laps on, on our two-mile track. And actually, this probably be the last time we'll see Xfinity on the two-mile track because they're going to be tearing down the speedway at the end of the Cup Series race, and they're going to make it into a half-mile for uh, the 2023 season and beyond. So uh, it's going to be an exciting time and uh, for the Auto Club Speedway. And then our next race after that, which will be part of our West Coast swing, is um, Las Vegas Motor Speedway in March on March the 5th. Uh, that'll be the All School Uniforms 300. And then from there, then we move on to Phoenix, and that'll be the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Phoenix. Um, that'll also be a 200-mile race, 200 laps. And then from there, then it's out to Atlanta Motor Speedway for 251 miles, 163 laps. For the uh, Nally Cars 250, that'll be on March 19th. And then on March 26th, then we do the Pit Boss 250 which will be our first uh, road course race of the season. That'll be at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, 156 miles, 48 laps. That race right there is going to be definitely one to watch. They'll be racing on the actual race on the actual track that the F1 that the F1 um, races on Circuit of the Americas out there in Texas. So um, and then from there, then they go out to Richmond for I think this would be technically. Yep, it'll be our first short track race of the season in April, April 2nd for the Toyota Care 250. And then from there, then Friday, April 8th, another NASCAR Xfinity Series race in Martinsville, which will be Martinsville Speedway, uh, 250 lap race there. And then we get to our, our second biggest race of the season, which will be at Talladega for the Ag Pro 300 on August 23rd. And that'll be uh, at Talladega Super Speedway, 300.58 miles, 113 laps on the 2.66-mile Super Speedway. And then we're going back down to Dover Motor Speedway on Saturday, April 30th, for the NASCAR Xfinity Race, Series Race at Dover. And that'll be a 200-lap, 200-mile race. And then from there on Saturday, May 7th, it's another NASCAR Xfinity Series Race, this time at Darlington. At Darlington Raceway, it'll be uh, 200.1 miles, 147 laps, and that'll be Saturday, May 7th. And then two weeks after that, then we go back to Texas for the Texas 250, and that'll be at the Texas Motor Speedway, 250.5 miles, 167 laps. And then the following week after that, then we're back to Charlotte Motor Speedway for 300 miles, 200 laps, and that'll be the Allsco Uniforms 300. Um, then we come in in June, June 4th, we do the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Portland. And uh, they haven't determined the miles or the laps on this, but it'll be a Portland International Raceway. And then Saturday, June the 25th, a two-week break, then we come to the Tennessee Lottery 250, which will be at Nashville Super Speedway. 
and that'll be 188 laps. Um, all the races up until Nashville will all be on Fox Sports 1, and starting in Nashville is when we start with the new uh, with the new um, network, which will be USA USA Network, which will be taking over the races. So starting July 2nd, the Henry 180, Road America in Elk, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, that'll be on USA, and then followed by the Alsco Uniforms 250, that'll be Atlanta Motor Speedway. And then on July the 16th, we got the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at New Hampshire at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And then the following week after that, we go to NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Pocono, at Pocono Raceway. We got 90 laps there. And then to close out July, Saturday, July 30th, we do the Penzo 150 at the Brickyard, which will be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, which will be 62 laps, 151.2 miles. And then from there, we come to Michigan, starting August at Michigan International Speedway for the NASCAR Xfinity Race in Michigan. Going into August 20th, we do the NASCAR Xfinity Series Race at Watkins Glen at Watkins Glen International. And then Friday, August 26th, then we do the Wawa 250 powered by Coca-Cola back to Daytona International Speedway, which would be 100 laps, 250 miles. And then starts our September We'll start off September 3rd with the Sport Clips Haircuts VFW Help a Hero at Darlington Raceway. Saturday, September 10th, we'll do the um, Kansas Lottery 300 at Kansas Speedway. September 16th, we got the Food City 300 at Bristol Motor Speedway. And that'll be the cutoff race until we get into the into the playoffs. And then the playoffs will start at uh, kickoff at Texas Motor Speedway on September 24th. From there, we go to October 1st for Talladega Motor Speedway. And then the last race on the first on the first round will be the Charlotte Motor Speedway Road Course. will be the Roval, the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoff race at Charlotte Roval. The second round of playoffs will be at the uh, All School 302 Las Vegas Motor Speedway. October 15th, October 22nd will be the Contender Boats 250 Homestead Miami Speedway. And then the last race before we go into the championship race at Phoenix will be the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoff race at Martinsville, which will be Martinsville Speedway. And then we end the season with the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship race November 5th, which will be at Phoenix along with the NASCAR uh, Capital World Truck Series. It will be the Cup Series, and then it will also be the, um, ARCA, uh, the ARCA Menards West Series. will also So we'll have we'll crown four champions on uh on Phoenix Raceway. Yes indeed. Uh there's a lot going on in the Xfinity series uh this year with some changes. Uh uh some of the drivers are moving up into the Cup series, uh so we won't see them in the Xfinity series. Some of the other drivers are moving either from the Arca Racing series or the Camping World Truck series up into Xfinity. Uh so we'll see some new names on the list. Uh, Sam Mayer, Sheldon Creed uh, are two of those new names that we'll see this year. Landon Castle is back. Uh, Daniel Hemrick back. Chase Briscoe. Um, uh, maybe racing a few races. Austin. Huh? We also got Riley Herbst okay. coming back. Riley Herbst yeah, is right, coming Ryan. back. Uh, Jim no, Burton no, will be racing for our motorsports this year. Myatt Snyder, Shane Lee, Parker Retzlaff, C. 
CJ McLaughlin, Raja Caruth will be racing some of the races. Ryan Ellis uh, will be racing. Kaz Grawa. Uh, those are some at Mason Massey and Josh Williams. Jesse Awuji, Nick Sanchez. Uh, those are all some of the new names that you'll hear in the Xfinity Series this year. But our guest is coming on board here shortly, Sal. So let's uh, do a quick update on uh, on uh, Derek Thorne here before he comes on. Yes, our next guest is is our. I guess we guess we could, we almost I think almost call him the mayor of. Um, Fab for Racing Radio because we used to have him on as often as he wants. We would have him on. It seemed like it was every other week or once a month. You know, we had Derek on, you know, talking to you know, about about the wins, you know, then, you know, what he had coming up, you know, for the following, you know, for the next race coming up. And, um, you know, it was, it was a, it was, it's been an exciting time, you know, to, you know, to follow his career, you know, and see, you know, see how everything is, you know, culminated into this season. This season is a super exciting season for Derek. You know, he's he's they made some changes, and uh, and it's it's going to be. I'll tell you, um, one of the, one of the one of the fat favorites in the Snowball Derby this year, by far. I mean, it's the, actually the last two years. It was amazing to see, you know, how his fan base just grew from, you know, from, you know, a fan base to. Just, I mean, he just he just stole the hearts of everybody. Yes, indeed, that is so true. Uh, and we always look forward to talking to Derek. I'm excited that he's uh, back with us tonight. Uh, he's had some big news this year. Uh, he's got uh, six big races coming up that will all be broadcast on uh, the new Racing America and Spears Racing TV as well as on Speedsport TV. Uh, so he's going to be at the All-Star Showdown at Irwindale Speedway on February the 5th. Uh, and uh, April 8th and 9th, he'll be back at Five Flag Speedway in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, July 22nd and 23rd, he'll race at Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington. Uh, then in August 10th, it goes for the $30,000 battle at Berlin Speedway, or Raceway, I should say, in Marnie, Michigan. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Snowflake uh, 100 and the 55th Annual uh, Snowball Derby in December. So uh, that's – and then they announced today he's going to also be racing up here in Wisconsin. Um at the Slinger Nationals, the 43rd Slinger Nationals on July the 12th. So, so an exciting schedule for Derek Thorne. And he's here, Sal, so why don't we go ahead and bring him, I'll bring him into the queue and you can introduce him. Okay. <clears throat> so our, our next guest, you know, as we've been, you know, kind of going over what's, what's been going on with Derek Thorne in the, in the past, in the past year, besides winning, you know, a six SRL championship. But this year, Derek has taken a different, you know, a different kind of like, how you say, like a different avenue, you know, as far as his racing, you know, he'll be going back East a lot more this year. Um, he picked up some major sponsors, you know, which is in this day and age, you know, you don't really see short track races, you know, you know, get the, the sponsorships, you know, that Derek was able to pick up this year and uh, picking up Pepper Jack Kennels, you know, which also, you know, is helping out Five Flag Speedway with a lot of their sponsorship. And then you know, going climbing on board with Derek Thorne and and um, you know getting together with the Cal Motorsports team and and 
plus all you know all of his older sponsors. It's just it, it it's just an amazing amazing turnaround of events, and I know it's going to be an exciting season. And with that, we want to welcome Derek Thorne to the show. There, there, guys. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> hey, it's been a while since we've had you on. Gosh, we're we're. I was telling Sharon, I, I said, what happened to, to our mayor? To the mayor of Fanfare Racing, I go. He kind of, he kind of took a, a, a hiatus from us. I go, but I said, but now he's back. I said he's back with the, with the, you know, a lot to talk about. You know, not so much, you know, of course the schedule, you know, but you know, just the, you know, sponsorship, you know, Pepper Jack Kennels. I know that was, I know that was a huge thing. It was, you know, something that was done in the off season. Kind of tell us a little bit about the, about how all this came about, Derek. Uh, so it all started last year. You know, Marty and Misty Mello um, with Pepper Jack Kennels, I've known them for 20 years. We, I used to race against Marty when he had his own team in the North State Challenge Series in Northern California. And we've always been great friends, you know, and uh, the timing was just right. You know, it was last year we started talking, and um, they were looking at promoting their gun dog program at Pepper Jack Kennels, and Misty Mello is one of the best dog trainers in the country. It's not the best dog trainer in the country, and and Marty and I started talking, and, and he has he's he's kind of like a breath of fresh air in racing, right? He has so much enthusiasm and motivation and fresh ideas and great business to business stuff, which is what it takes nowadays in racing, especially with sponsorships. It seems like business to business is where it's at, and to have him come on board and that Misty Mello um, that started last year, and you know Byron Campbell has built an amazing program. Like it, it's Mike Keen and Byron and myself. I've had a great 10-year run, and our goal is to continue to win races, and the fit was just right. Marty um, and Misty came on board and helped us out all season and really promoted themselves, especially at the Derby. And to fast forward into 2022, it kind of just kick-started everything and just went with a natural flow. You know, I think we've kind of um, done a lot of what there is to accomplish on the West Coast for the most part, so we tried to look at some fresh ideas and what sponsorship opportunities were available in between Pepper Jack Kennels and the Tool Shack and um, French Simone and Putman with Power Grade Incorporated, which they've been supporting me for the last 10 years as well. Just to have them, Dave Reeves, Daryl Abbott, all of our associate sponsors, Fury, all of them, we all just kind of came up with a schedule that I thought really fit and was fun. You know, it's not as many races as we're used to running, but it, it fits what we want to do and try to do. And um, just looking forward to doing something a little bit different, you know, this year with everybody involved. You know, and actually, Derek, you you know, you've never been one that has been afraid of um, challenges. You know, you you took the challenge, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, when Bob Rucati needed a championship, you know, you kind of stepped back from Campbell a little bit. You know, you ran the full KN series, you know, and you gave Bob that championship he so much needed. So coming into 2022, you know, you know, leaving the SRL, you know, in the in the back, you know, and 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 going out back, you know going back east, you know, to race some of these races, you know, the Southern Super Series, um, Battle Berlin, you know, you just added the, the Slinger, you know, the All-American 400 you're going back to, the Snowball Derby. Um, what, how, did, how does this all fit in, you know, into Derek Thorne's, you know, big, big plan of, um, you know, I'm here to conquer the world now? <laughs> there is no conquering the world. I, think, <laughs> you know, I always remind myself, this is a humbling sport. The minute you think you're on top and you got to figure it out, it, life is there to pull the rug out from underneath you. And, you know, we're still going to be very much involved out here on the West Coast with Spears, SRL Southwest Tour. Um, Mike and I, you know, we're going to help out Gomes all year um, following the tour. And I've been kind of working on Derek Thorne Racing, and, you know, in the backdrop, trying to, you know, find late model drivers to work with in Madeira. Um, 
So I have a lot of that stuff as well, as well as Carlos Vieira. Um, we'll be doing a lot of things here on the West Coast. It's just as a program with the 43 and Kellen Motorsports. Um, our focus for us as, as a team will be driving-wise, you know, more back east. Um, but all in all, I think we'll still be very much a part of West Coast racing. Um, but, yes, we, we just want to run against the best competition we could possibly find. We tried to find the races that pay the biggest amount of money, um, that might draw the biggest amount of cars that, that we can go to that um, is a good fit for us. And we've been to a lot of these tracks, right? But there's a few in there we haven't been to, you know, Berlin, um, Slinger Nationals we announced today we're going to go do those. So some of these tracks we haven't been to in a minute, and it's going to be fun to just try something new. You know, Mike and I, um, I feel like, work really well together, and we've got great partners to do it. And um, hopefully we can kind of – we're going to have to pick up – you know, when we go to these races with guys that have raced these tracks, you kind of got to hit the ground running. So it'll be a challenge and fun, and it's one of those things where we're going to eat some humble pie at some point in time. Like there's going to be times where we're not going to be the dominant force, but we're going to try our damnedest to make sure we are and um, keep calling until we can try to find some traction and hopefully be up front. You know, and there's a lot of – a lot of something that a lot of the fans don't understand – that they don't know about Derek and Mike Keen is that – a lot of these teams that you see that race back east, you know, um, you know they have, you go to the race shop and there's six, seven, eight, eight guys per car, nine guys per car, but but when you go to the Campbell Moore Sports, when you go to the race shop, there's only two people in there. It's only Derek Thorne and Mike Keener, the two that work on the cars. So they don't. So basically, what what goes on in there is between them two, and so what you see at the track is hours and hours of hard work that they put into the shop to come out to the track, you know, and, and, um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, of course, you know, we, we see the results from there. What's it like Derek to only have just you and Mike, you know, not have, you know, you know, three or four extra guys in there helping out. Yeah. And that's a byproduct of Byron, you know, Byron's given us all the tools and it's, it's been 10, 11 years now. Mike and I have been in that shop together with, with Byron, his owner and letting us do and giving us all the tools possible to run, or get the tools we need to, to try to go out and run up front, right? It sounds so easy to we'll buy it and go out and haul butt, right? But, you know, I feel like with Mike and I at the shop together, um, a big um, shot in the arm for us was getting partnered up with Fury. You know, I think Fury Race Cars has been a big, big help for us um, as far as just their chassis and their equipment is top-notch. And Mike's worked wonders on fine-tuning it and making it work absolutely phenomenal with these tracks we go to. So to have the partnership with Fury, to have Mike as smart as he is and doing what he does with these cars – you know, that's kind of like when we partnered up with April um, to go run uh, the Slinger Nationals. You know, that's a big thing for us is we want to make sure we're staying within the Fury camp. You know, I feel like that's what we understand. That's what we work on all the time. So when we go to these tracks and we're trying to, you know, put pieces of the puzzle together really quick, right, when you only have two days to get a track figured out you've never been to, not never been to, but haven't been to in a long time, it's, uh, you know, it's just playing catch-up. And to have partners like we have, with the equipment we have and to have, you know, Mike and I in the shop working together all the time. I think that helps our at track chemistry. Um, I think we communicate better. Um, we work on it together. We both understand it together. Um, and we work through problems together. So I think that relationship's invaluable, you know, compared to maybe some other relationships you see in the garage. So where do you find the time to help out these other drivers? Cause I know last year we had Jaden Walbridge, which was one of your drivers. And we also had Kyle Keller, you know, that came on the show, you know, and, and, you know, and they spoke, you know, about how much time, you know, you spend with them, you know, to develop their programs. So where do you find the time to, you know, to help them? I think, you know, you mentioned Jacob Gomes and of course, Carlos Vieira was part, is part of the program, but where do you find the time for, for Derek Thorne for his racing? <laughs> Fortunately, the shop's <laughs> only 10 minutes from home. So 
you know, when four or five o'clock, try to get to stop at seven. I'm out of there hopefully by two, three, four, or five o'clock, depending on what's going on in life. But um, I've been fortunate to have a great wife and kids at home, and I live 10 minutes, 15 minutes from shop or from the shop itself. So it allows me to come home at night um, and spend the time with the family. But, you know, I've been like, just these kids I've worked with, I've been so proud of them. I mean, like Jaden and Kyle Keller um, have both been, you know, I think they're responsible for like the last five big pro late model races at Madera Speedway this year, right? Only 15, 16 years old. Um, they've done a great job. And it's been a lot of fun. You know, I feel like I can take a lot of the mistakes that I've learned in my career in my time as a driver, um, both working on them as driving them, and try to save people time for making the same mistakes I did, right? But that's ine- mistakes are inevitable in life, but you just try to shorten the learning curve. Like, my job is to hopefully come in, help them um, find speed, um, help them be consistent, and then anytime they have issues or have anything they might need, you know, I'm there to try to help them pick up the pieces wherever I might be able to fit, and, you know, hopefully that results in wins and making the cars as fast as possible. That isn't always the case, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, as well as, like, Haley Lyle as well up there. It's, it's been a good time just, you know, you put on a different hat, you kind of go into, like, the car, like the crew chief mode or kind of like a driver development or driver coach type of deal. And I think that also helps me as a more well, well-rounded driver when it comes time to put back on the helmet and grab the steering wheel. It kind of just gives me a different perspective on everything. Wow, that's pretty neat. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Sharon. I know she has some questions for you too, Derek. Hey, Derek, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, not as well as you, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm really excited about you uh, racing out here in the east uh, and all of these tracks that you're going to be at, but it, I was really happy to hear about the uh, Slinger Nationals, and I'm just reading your, your Pepper Jack Kennels is pretty close to the track there. Yeah, that was a good fit. When we talked down, we sat down at the beginning of the season. You know, it's uh, all these tracks, you know, it sounds so simple, right? Just load up the trailer, build up the car, head back east or head wherever, right? All the cargo race. But all these tracks have just a little bit different rules everywhere you go. So um, you have to take into consideration, like, what our program is and what we have for equipment and cars, and then take into consideration what it takes to go not only resources and timing and sponsorship-wise, but what it takes for us to convert our car that's legal for the, you know, like the Ricky Brooks type of rules package and then try to convert it to somebody else's track. So, um, you know, for us to come to Wisconsin, I lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years. I went from California to Wisconsin, raced for 5K Motorsports, which was, I worked at their shop, which is literally five miles from Slinger Speedway. Um, I worked there for a season. I got to travel the country running the ASA Late Model Series. Um, Only ran Slinger once, was able to get a win there. But, you know, just to travel the country, but to come back to Wisconsin is, I think, awesome. I loved the people there. I loved Wisconsin as a, as a, as a state of where I lived. I, I do miss it. You know, the people were so nice there. I'm just looking forward to going back and not only racing, but seeing people I haven't seen in probably 15, 20 years. Oh, I bet that is exciting. And and uh, I bet they have to be just as excited to know that you're coming back to the track and racing there again. So uh, I, I just thought it was great news to hear that. Now, we've got another um, fan for racing member here. He has a question for you, and it's Mike. Uh, he's part of our fan for racing team. Uh, he says um, he's wanting to know what the impact of the media streaming services has had on helping you get sponsors. 
uh, because, you know, you've got uh, the Spears TV service. You've got the TV service at Racing America. We've got the – there's all kinds of TV services that are uh, streaming a lot of these races. And now this year, Flow Streaming was announced as the partner with NASCAR and all the grassroots racing that is taking place all across the country. Talk about how that supports you uh, as sponsorship-wise. Right. No, it does. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, like uh, listening to Marty with Pepper Jack Kennels, you know, he's really smart with all that stuff. And at the end of the day, it's all about exposure. Like you want to provide a service. If someone's coming to sponsor your race car, you want to provide them with the most exposure possible, right? That's that's the end goal is to try to make sure they're getting on the map. Um, you're representing them well professionally and upholding your end of the bargain. And to have platforms like Flow and Racing America and all these uh, streaming services that provide, you know, access to our races, as there were five, seven, eight years ago, there wasn't much. You know, activity one's always been around, but now that we have Spears Racing TV covering all of our tour events, mm-hmm. you know, and then you go back east and you got, you know, Racing America and all these companies, it's a big benefit for us. You know, I think it helps give us a shot in the arm. It gives us a platform to stand on and say, hey, we'll represent your company. It's this many viewers. We'll do our absolute best to be and put you in front of as many eyes and ears as possible. And it's not just the track anymore, right? Now you've got the entire country that can tune into any given, on any given weekend and watch almost any short track race in the country. And I think for just racing as a whole, it's just a huge benefit. Yeah, I, I I do too. I just think that these streaming services like Spears TV uh, and Racing America and what was the other one we just mentioned? I can't remember now, but Flow uh, Flow Racing is what Flow yeah. Sports Racing. Yeah, that that is huge because you know somebody from the east like me uh, really didn't have a chance to watch some of the races. Uh, out in the West until Spurs TV came along or until Racing America uh, started streaming. And it just seems like it's, it's, it's blossoming into something huge and bringing grassroots right. racing right, right to your computer so that you can right. watch it. And with things like Roku TV, you're watching it right there on the TV. It's awesome. Right. One of our sponsors, one of our sponsors from Florida, um, Chris Jensen from Pepper, or not from Pepper, from um, Family Funeral Cremation. Uh, he's, you know, he's on the East Coast, and we'll race out here on the West Coast, get done at midnight, and he'll be texting me, "Hey, congratulations on the win," and stuff. And it's <laughs> cool to think that, you know, he's up, he's up at wow. two a.m. right, watching this race, sending me a text, wow. "Congratulations." So it's really cool way just to keep in touch with, you know, people that support you, and to have sponsors like that that are willing to watch and put in the time and. You know, it just makes it fun. It really does. And, uh, you know, a few years back, a lot of fans were saying we want more grassroots racing. Ah, I didn't say that quite right. We want more grassroots racing. Uh, and, boy, it's here now. And so there shouldn't be any complaints from anybody uh, as far as grassroots racing. And Racing America does such a great job as well, keeping track of what's going on all over the country. Absolutely. It absolutely does. It's uh, one of those things that we're just lucky to be living in the in the time frame we are. You know, I think super late and grassroots racing, um, not just super late mile racing, but just racing in general, dirt and asphalt both, is we're lucky to be living in the time we live in because I think it's a, it's a benefit to, to have the coverage we have and access to as many things as we do. 
Absolutely. Now, Derek, I know uh, social media isn't uh, a big thing for you, um, but I want to know. I want fans to know how they can follow you, uh, because you are going to be all over the country this year. And if you haven't watched Derek Thorne race, uh, if he's at a track near you, you want to get out to the racetrack to watch him. And if you're not at a track uh, near you, if he's not at a track near you. Take advantage of all of these streaming services to catch them. So how can fans follow you? Uh, yeah, my, I guess my social media stuff is, again, I always give myself an F on social media. I am absolutely horrible at it. But I am fortunate to have many good people that are great at it. But DerekThorne.com um, has a schedule up. That's that's the start. And as far as uh, updates throughout the year, things come up. Uh, DerekThorne6 uh, on Twitter and Facebook. There's Derek Thorne Racing on Facebook. Um, so there's a few ways to kind of keep tabs on what I do. And I, I'm trying to pick up my game a little bit as this year goes on and uh, making sure I'm dropping the ball on my end. But if anybody wants to tune in, check some stuff out as far as our schedule. Um, and then you have Racing America um, covering most of the races we're at this year and SpearsRacing.tv as well. So anybody wants to tune in, that's a great, that's a, probably the best way to do it. Okay. And uh, fans, you definitely want to catch some of his races. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, I'm hoping, I know last year we didn't get to talk to you very much, but I'm hoping this year we can kind of pick up the pace a bit. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I appreciate all you guys do for short track racing and keeping us on. And, um, it's always a fun time coming on and talking about it. Okay. I definitely so. So we wish you all the best and, uh, your first race is coming up when? Uh, this week, and not this week, two weeks from now, uh, February 5th, Irwindale Speedway will be our all-star showdown, 25000 to win. Um, that'll kick our season off, and it might be the only race you run on the West Coast this year. So um, looking forward to going back. We had a great run going last year, just didn't have the luck to go with it. So we're hoping to go back this year and put our best foot forward and hopefully have a little bit of luck to go along with it. Okay. Well, thanks for being on, Derek, and uh, we'll be watching. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right, okay, thanks, Derek. Take care. All right, uh, that was Derek Thorne with Campbell Motorsports, and uh, we're, he's going to be all over the country this year racing, and uh, very exciting news from him for this season. Oh, yeah, it is. It, it's exciting, you know. You know, for him to get a chance, you know, to go back east, you know, race more back there. You know, I think, you know, you know, like he said, you know, he, you know, it could go good, it could go bad. I mean, if, you know, if it goes good, you know, it's going to be, I think it'll be good for racing. I think it'll be good for West Coast racing, too, because it'll give, you know, more of our West Coast drivers, you know, to see, you know, that Derek can go out there, you know, and, you know, them, you know, to, you know, follow suit, too. We have a couple of drivers that do go out there, you know, Jeremy Doss will make it, you know, you know, he made the trip out to the Snowball Derby this year. Then, of course, Preston Peltier, but he kind of guess he moved to the central part of the United States. But um, I think he calls Las Vegas or or sometimes Washington his home. Um, but you know, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get those drivers, you know, to go over, you know, and and race, you know. Like I said, this year with that the Snowball Derby, we had Jeremy and um, Preston both. So you know, hopefully, you know, with you know with you know little success at Derek, you know, with the success he's had out there, you know, it'll you know it'll open the eyes, you know, to more drivers out here, you know, to be willing to go out there, you know, and um, you know and you know, take their shot out there because there's a lot of good racing going on. Um, for example, the, the Sleager Nationals is run on a Tuesday, 
You know, we don't have racing mm-hmm. out here during the week. All our racing is on the weekends. You know, there's a lot of different races out there, you know, during the week, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, as the season goes on, you know, we, we might see Derek, you know, add more races, you know, as the, you know, as the funding or, you know, yeah, um, this is just you know, start, spon- right? sponsorship is available. Yeah. You know, sponsorships available, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll see him, you know, you know, you know, add up to the schedule and stuff like that. But for now, that's a very stout six race schedule. You know, it gives them enough time in between the races, you know, to get the car prep. Plus, like he said, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff he's he's got going on, you know, with the driver development, you know. Plus, you know, mm-hmm. with, with he's got going on with Cowboy Motorsports, you know, with Carlos Vieira and Jacob Gomes, you know, keeps him really busy. Plus, you know, having two kids at home, you know, which is another thing, you know, a wife and two kids, you know, so... He's a he's a busy person, but you know what? He's um he's upbeat. You know, always got a smile on his face. You know what? And um, you know, it's it's a joy to be. I'll tell you, it's a really a joy to be around that team, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. Now we've got to get into the Cup Series. I don't want to <laughs> cut them short. Yeah. Uh, they've got uh, uh, we've got the Enzo Racing Series racing this weekend, but next weekend it's going to be the Bush Light Flash at the Coliseum. And uh, for the first time ever, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum is the host for 150 laps covering 37.5 miles. So um, uh, that's going to be exciting, 6 p.m. February the 16th. That's 6 p.m. Eastern, so that's going to be, what, 4 p.m. your time. Uh, Or no, it's going to be p.m. your time. So that's kind of exciting. It it will be broadcast on Fox, so uh, everybody should be able to to watch it. Uh, so it's the season is getting started quickly, uh, especially here in but, the Cup but Series. You know February, real, we're real running short on race. time, Sal. But go ahead. No, I know. Real quick with that race, this will probably be the shortest race we will ever see in our lives: thirty-seven point five miles, one hundred fifty laps. No, isn't that crazy? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you get the duels on February 17th, duels <clears throat> 1 and 2, then Daytona 500 on the 20th, and on the 27th is Auto Club Speedway. Uh, on March, there will be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Phoenix Raceway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, and the Circuit of the Americas, so uh, that's going to be an exciting month. In April, the Cup Series will hit Richmond Raceway, Martinsville Speedway, Bristol Motor Speedway, on the dirt, and Talladega Super Speedway. And in May, uh, a lot of tracks to cover here. You've got Dover, Darlington, Kansas, Texas. Texas uh, for the Open and the All-Star Race. And then Charlotte Motor Speedway in June, only three races at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Sonoma Raceway and Nashville Super Speedway. In July, it's Road America, Atlanta, New Hampshire, Pocono, and Indianapolis's road course. In August, you've got Michigan, Richmond, Watkins Glen, and Dover. That is the final race of the regular season. I said Dover. I mean Daytona. Uh, that is the final race of the regular season, and then the playoffs begin in September, starting with Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol. Uh, that's the round of 16. The round of 12, uh, September 25th at Texas Motor Speedway, and then in October at Talladega and Charlotte's uh, Road Course. 
first round of eight at Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville, and then, of course, the championship race in November 6th at Phoenix Raceway. So that's a lot of racing uh, here in the Cup Series. It, the schedule came out today uh, from College Racing Cell uh, that the number 16 Chevrolet driver schedule, and uh, those rides will be shared between A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, and Daniel Hemrick. So um, that, uh, it looks like Allmendinger has the bulk of the races, Noah Gregson the second uh, highest <clears throat> number, and then Daniel Hemrick. So uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, scenario there in the Cup Series with College Racing. Yes, I, I think they had made that announcement, what, back in November or mm-hmm. December, I think, is when, as is O'Callaghan is is had announced, you know, that they, they were going to have bring Noah and, um, Noah and, and Daniel Hemrick, you know, in, into the, into the mix, you know, as far as that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting racing. That Circuit of the Americas, I'll tell you, man, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be something, uh, you know, yep. 230 miles on a road course, um, um, Auto Club Speedway once again. You know this this will be our last race on on, a, on the two mile track. You know it's kind of sad to see it go, but you know hopefully the half mile will bring will bring you know uh, you know and the Bush the Bush Light Clash. They already got cars on the track. They already they already mm-hmm. got. They're not you know they're I I think they're checking the track to make sure it's not going to fall apart before they start racing on it. You know they finally got cars on the track, got all ready to go. So. That's exciting on you know, our own yep. back, my own backyard, you know. But um, yep. You know, like you said, you know, you went all. Twenty-two. You got GMS Racing announcing that they're going to be racing in Cup with Ty Dillon, uh, buying out uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, we mentioned Colleg Racing. Twenty-three Eleven is expanding to two teams with Kurt Busch Trackhouse Racing. Purchased Daniel, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, so they'll have Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain driving their cars. Um, so uh, again, Brad Keselowski you know, moves Sharon, to Ross Fenway Racing. Exactly, yeah. and you know what? I was going to say that, but I think the biggest news that happened in, in the off season was Mars leaving Kyle Busch. Yeah, that was a big surprise when nobody expected that for sure. And, so, and you know, Kyle, yeah, Kyle, a... Kyle came on and said, if, if, if he's gonna, if he's wondering if they'll find him a, a sponsor that will be as lenient as Mars was, you know, with him, you know, with the, you know, the way he was. <laughs> and he says, yeah. he goes, I don't, I don't think I'll find another sponsor that'll put up with all the stuff that Mars put up with. But that, I think, I think that came out of left field. It is. It did come out of left field. So we'll probably talk about that on hot topics. Um, now we're down to our last minute here, Sal. Anything you want to say before you leave? You know what? It was. You're gonna it was, watch it's the gonna be back. I don't know. I yeah. might, but it, it's it's just going to be back. I mean, what is this? You know, you have to go back and count how many seasons it's this, Sharon. I'm curious. Well, we started in 2011 at the end of the season in 2011. Our first full season was 2012. So this is that. Wow. Isn't that Gosh. something? <laughs> I know. And, and, and all I came on is was a guest. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then it turned into co-hosting. <laughs> yeah, but if, I'll tell it's you, amazing. If, if it was, it, it's, it's going to be back. You know what? I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, a lot of exciting right. things happening, you know, with a lot of our drivers and, you know, so 
I mean, well, all we the can other do big is just, you know, the hope for the series. best. The other big news in the Cup Series, Sal, is the new car uh, and seeing how yeah. that performs with one lug nuts and all the changes that they're going to have to adapt to. So uh, listen to Hot Topics coming up here at 10 o'clock. So we've got a lot to talk about. Okie dokie. Well, I am out. It's already <laughs> 7 o'clock. And uh, I know well, you guys you guys have another here, show. To... Oh, yeah, thank you. And um, we'll talk to everybody um Next week, I I think are we having Alrighty. a show next week? Or are we are we going to wait? Well, are we going to wait until after? It, it, we'll probably do it after the clash. Okay. Okay, so we'll we'll talk oh. about that in the next couple of weeks. Okay, I, I I have to give a shout out to my buddy Daryl. He says, "Sal, please say hi to me, Daryl Abbott." He he's been listening to us for a long time. <laughs> he's a long time listener. He goes, "Destined for destruction." He goes, "You can do it." Sal and Sharon. <laughs> so anyways, with well, that, thank you, Daryl. A big shout out to you. Yeah, he's Daryl so, Abbott. He's one of Derek's sponsors too. Daryl Abbott. All right. Okay. You guys have fun on the show, and um, we'll we'll um, I guess I'll get the text on what our next show is. Good night, everybody. Okay. I'm out. Good night. Okay, now stay tuned okay. for Good our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with our fan for racing crew. I think we've got everybody here. I'll start with uh, Jay Hughesman. Welcome to the show, Jay. All right. Well, is everybody as excited as Sal to be uh, back on the show and, <laughs> and getting ready for race season? I, I could hear it in his voice. He's ready. <laughs> he is. He is ready. Mike Orzel, are you here? Oh, I'm here, and I can't begin to tell you how excited I am to see cars on track for 2022. Hey, everybody. Okay, and Tommy Kraft, I think you're here as well, right? Yep, I'm here. How are y'all? How have y'all been? Very uh, looking forward to the upcoming season of racing. We've covered a lot of in our first uh, 90 minutes of the show and uh, had to quickly cover some of the big things that are happening in the Cup Series this year. Uh, so let's start with Jay. I'm going to let you kick it off tonight, Jay. What's our first hot topic going to be? Well, you kind of hit on it, and I was I was going to possibly defer to Mike to make first comment. Actually, I'll let you. I'll bring the topic up, and he'll go first, hopefully. Uh, okay, we heard yep. today. I heard today uh, that NASCAR has come out with some new rules for as far as penalties with the new car. You mentioned that new car they're dealing with. But the penalties, there's going to be penalties, uh, playoff points uh, for certain penalties, as well as, I don't know what the right word is, suspension from the playoffs or uh, barred from the playoffs. uh, That'll go along with the level one penalties. So let's kick it off with that. Okay, Mike, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, this came out, uh, sure, this came out on a tweet from uh, Bob Pockers earlier today, like Jay said. And I'm going to try and bring it up here because uh, I want to make sure I get everything right before I quote it. It's a whole penalty schedule. They're calling it an L3 penalty. And what you, what you qualify as an L3 penalty is either counterfeiting or modifying next-gen single-source vendor parts supplied and or assemblies. Remember, the majority of this Gen 7 car is being manufactured by third-party manufacturers and those parts are being supplied to the teams. So these teams, if they're, if they're caught attempting to either counterfeit 
or modify those parts that they're supposed to be getting from the vendors and racing with them as is. That constitutes a penalty here. Engine infractions, same as it has been for previous seasons, talking about cubic inch displacement, compression ratio, et cetera. Um, or engine performance enhancements, nitrous oxide, um, ECU, EFI parts, altering, modifying tires or fuel, violating vehicle testing policy. So the big one here is messing with the next-gen car. Obviously, NASCAR has drawn a very firm, deep, dark line in the sand about they don't want teams messing with this car. And the penalty schedule for it is pretty severe, kind of like Jay said. And it goes back to what we talked about several times on the show last season, uh, where we wanted to see penalties with teeth if teams start messing with the, with, with the rules here. Well, here's some teeth. For an L3 penalty, regular season points, you can lose uh, between 120 and 180 uh, regular season points, 25 to 50 playoff points, um, a six-member suspension of the – I'm sorry, a six-race suspension for involved team members. I would assume it would be a crew chief and or a car chief would be suspended under that. Um, a team event roster position suspension, one to two positions, Vehicle suspension for one, I'm not sure if that means they're disqualified from the race they attempted to enter or if they were disqualified for the next race. Uh, a monetary fine between $250 and $500,000. And the big one here, playoff eligibility for the driver and or teams is a no. So if you get, uh, if you get assessed an L3 penalty from the schedule that Bob Pockers posted, it looks like you are no longer eligible for the playoffs. And I'm okay with every bit of that schedule of penalties, the monetary fines, the points, everything. But I think a blanket, you are not eligible for the playoffs, I think that's a bridge too far. And the reason I say that is this, you know, this, this hot stove is going to get touched once or twice. And when that happens – do we really want to say, okay, your season is effectively over from a championship contention standpoint? I don't think that's what we need to do. I am fully on board with putting them in a pretty deep hole for points. Hey, you were still in the middle of the regular season. We're going to dock you 150 regular season points. We're disqualifying you from this race, so you're losing those points as well. And, hey, by the way, when you get to the playoffs, you're also going to be down another 50 points in the playoffs but you can still dig yourself out of that hole if you perform consistently, reliably, and within the boundaries of the rules. So give these teams a pretty substantial penalty, but at the same time, give them the chance to recover from it without effectively ruining their season. That's my take on it. Okay. Tommy, your thoughts. I agree with Mike on this one. Um, I feel like the, that is pretty steep to make them not playoff eligible because what if this is a, let's say this is somebody that's huge in the sport that already has a win or two or something in the season and then gets hit with this penalty and then is no longer eligible or something. I mean, that's something that should be brought into consideration. I mean, what if this is a fan favorite like Chase Elliott or something that does this? Um Although, at the same time, I do like them being more strict about it because I feel like over the past, like last year and the year before that, kind of just seemed like a on-the-wrist kind of deal or just a fine or, you know, suspending the crew chief for that race. And, I mean, then when we say suspend, I mean, he was still calling the shots. He just wasn't calling the shots on the pit box. So... I kind of do like them being stricter, but at the same time, I don't like them being too strict. But, I mean, this is uh, 
I guess it just comes with being a, a NASCAR fan. Like, uh, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say here. We finally get rules, but then they they make them kind of harsh, like making someone not playoff eligible. So, but I mean, at the same time, at least they put stricter rules stricter rules in place. So. Uh, definitely going to be interested to see how this goes, to see who's going to try to cheat the system and try to beat it and see who uh, gets in trouble first. So interested in that. And then interested to see who finds loopholes in it also, who finds a way to beat the system. So, <laughs> You said the magic word for me, Tommy, the loopholes. We've got smart people in NASCAR, and they always find the loophole in these rules. And I think what NASCAR did with this level three penalty is they said there are no loopholes. You do this, and you're not going to be in the playoff. You can race all season long. Your sponsors are still going to see you on the track. You're still going to get some visibility. Uh, You might even win a race or two. But you're also not going to be playoff eligible. So, uh, in other words, don't mess around with these things. And I think I think there needs to be a line drawn in the sand because these guys find those loopholes, and you you give them one or two chances, and the next thing you know, that <laughs> uh, they, they take full advantage of their one or two chances that they get. There's no chances on this one. Uh, if you if you mess around and you reach that L3 penalty level you are definitely not going to be playoff eligible. And you're, you're going to take some money out of your pocket, and it's going to take points off of you as well. So um, I, I don't think they went too far. Uh, that's my feeling on it. I asked for you, you know that I've asked for something a little bit stiffer. Uh, and uh, I think NASCAR, it's, it is time that NASCAR draws the line in the sand, and they did that. Now, there are an L. There's also the L2 penalty and the uh, L1 penalty. So they're not quite as stiff as the L3 penalty. So, you know, there's different levels to this. Um, And uh, if they do uh, hit that L3 penalty level, they're out. So that's that's just my thoughts on it. I think NASCAR has drawn the line in the sand. Jay, your thoughts? All right, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of quotes here. I think he kind of said it. Put them in a hole, but give the team the opportunity to dig out of that hole through consistent, clean, legal performance. And part of the previous one from Mike on our group chat, uh, the bridge is too far runs the risk of hurting the cre- credibility of NASCAR's whole championship system. First off, they are in a hole. They've been put in that hole. They have the chance to make it to the playoffs through clean consistent legal performance starting with race number one running through race number 36 that is the whole i mean that's to me and 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 then leading into that credibility of of the playoff system we've seen it in the past where i think their credibility has been questioned because they had different penalties and still able to run for the championship and i know sharon you're a big one with it uh favorite driver aside (laughs) You know, if, if if the team's been caught cheating multiple times throughout the year, do they deserve to be a champion? You know, so that's no. and I and I think back to to football. I going back to uh, Inflate Gate with the the Patriots. They should have never let them move on. Yeah, they won that game, but I think Indy should have moved on, and the Patriots shouldn't have been in it. They still battle that question. 
I think NASCAR is doing a great thing. Now, I do like the fact that uh, on the lower tier penalties, they're saying, okay, hey, if it's not an L3, we may still take playoff points. Uh, I, that, I think, is great. I mean, that's, that's awesome. If somebody gets mm-hmm. hit with something in that category, they're taking that risk. If it's in the category of do not do, if you do it, you're out of the playoffs. I, I think it's I think it's great. I, I really do. I'm excited for it. Uh, we'll have to see if it happens and who it is, but I think NASCAR needed to do it. Okay, Mike, follow up. You know, I I disagree in the fact that, you know, when I said that, hey, give put them in a hole and let them dig out. Sure, that, that, and and that there's no. Aside from, you know, taking away playoff eligibility, there's no way to permanently destroy somebody's season and still have them be able to show up to the racetrack. But if you eliminate them from playoff eligibility, not contention, but eligibility, you've effectively ended the season for these championship-level teams. You know, a a team like Spire Motorsports or live fast or something like that, they're happy showing up to the racetrack and running around every weekend. And the sponsors that are on those cars are happy with that. But if you eliminate a driver like Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick from playoff championship contention, not only is that effectively uh, shut down the whole team for the season, but that's going to really quickly chase away sponsors from that. There's already enough. And and as far as uh, what I said about calling into question the whole credibility of NASCAR's championship system, I mean that as well. There's already enough criticism of the playoff system of quote unquote, not a legitimate champion when you have drivers like Kevin Harvick in his 2020 season winning nine races and not winning the championship. Imagine if last year Kyle Larson gets an L3 penalty at Daytona or Las Vegas, one of the first couple races of the year, and then he has the kind of season that he had uh, for the rest of the season. But just because he got that L3 penalty within the first month of the season, now a driver with that dominant of a performance as Kyle Larson had, I don't know how you're not going to have a large portion of the fan base saying that whoever ended up winning the championship that year under the, 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 the point system was a legitimate champion when you had a guy who had a season like Kyle Larson but was not eligible for the playoffs because of a penalty that happened within the first month of the season. And I think that's a, a serious consideration it. here. Then don't do it. That's what I would say. I'd have a serious conversation with my crew chief and say, don't put me in this position. Tommy, your thoughts? Uh, So many good points being made here, but I kind of, I'm seeing both sides and I just, I'll just add this to it. Uh, I do like the stricter, um, I do like the stricter rules because I do think something needs to be done. I just feel like the, the past few years has kind of been a, a joke, kind of. But at the same time, I can see where Mike's coming from on this. If Chase Elliott or Kevin Harvick or somebody like that is put in a situation like that this year or next year, it, it's just going to be talked about and it's going to be negative because everybody's going to want somebody like Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, or Kyle Busch to win the championship, and they're not going to want to see them not be playoff eligible and be labeled a cheater for something that they did early on in the season now, but I do get it. We don't want cheaters to win, but I I mean, 
and then the whole sponsorship aspect too. I mean, if somebody gets an L3 penalty like Kyle Busch at the beginning of the year, why are they going to want to sponsor him all the way through November? So, I mean, pretty valid points all the way around. But then again, everybody's right. Just don't cheat. Well, they're going to want to sponsor him because he still has, he can still go out there and win races. Uh, and he might win 10 races. Uh, he's still going to have visibility for a sponsor. So the sponsors aren't going to lose out here. Um, but the reputation of the crew chief and the reputation of the team or whoever is responsible for the infraction, their reputation is going to finally take a hit. And that's what should happen, because if they do something that is illegal, they have had no consequence for those actions. And uh, they found the loophole that you mentioned, uh, Tommy, and they've used those loopholes to their advantage. And we've talked about it here on Hot Topics. There is no loophole on this one. And if you do it, you're you're just not going to be playoff eligible. They're still going to race every race. Their sponsors are still going to be seen. Uh, their drivers can still go out there and win races, but they're they're not going to be eligible to be in, to win a championship. And I think that's the way it should be. If you cheat, you should never be crowned a champion if you cheated at any point in the season. I don't care if it's at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, or the end of the season, or if it's during the playoffs. Uh, you've lost your chance to win a championship. And I've got to think that the crew chiefs aren't going to want to take that chance uh, and tarnish their own reputations or tarnish their team's reputation. Uh, I know that the drivers don't want their reputations tarnished with something like that. So I think this is exactly what NASCAR's needed to do. Uh, There's no gray area here. When it comes to these types of infractions, there are lower levels here, and they'll use it. (laughs) Trust me. Uh, They may use those lower levels. Um, But I think that uh, for the reputation of the sport uh, and the fact that we're crowning a champion that hasn't been cheating all year uh, with that L3-type penalty, uh, I think that's a good thing for NASCAR's uh, reputation for the crew chief, the teams, the drivers, everybody's reputation. Um, and and the line has been drawn in the sand, as I said before. Jay. I, th- I think you and Tommy both said it. It's real simple. Don't do it. You know, that's what, that's what it comes down to. And NASCAR is saying don't do it. And if you do, it's going to cost you. Uh, throughout, the, throughout the conversation there, sponsors – Guess what? You want to keep your sponsors? You want to keep them happy and pr- promote them all through the year? Don't cheat and get uh, barred from the playoffs. You know, and I, and I think back about you, you mentioned Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch as the three of the playoffs. Uh, I hate to use Dale Earnhardt, but NASCAR survived the death of Dale Earnhardt. We've had champions like Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Daryl Waltrip, whoever you want to name as your favorite or top most popular driver, retire. The sport's going to continue on. If those drivers don't make the playoffs, guess what? We get somebody new and brings in a new fan base uh, that didn't make the playoffs before, you know, gets that chance to shine. Kyle Larson, you, you want to talk about him? He was out of the sport the year before. Did the sport survive? Yes. So if they're not there for that year or, you know, don't make the playoffs, come back and do it again next year. 
you know, that that's the way it should be, in my opinion. I, I am so on board with this and excited for it. Okay. I think uh, we've covered it all then. So, Mike, you need to bring up the next hot topic. All right. Well, let me scroll through here. Oh, oh. If I actually opened the correct app. Um, so, uh, Andy brought this up. He's not here with us tonight, obviously. He's got to work. But... Uh, Fox looks like they're doing uh, a rotating arrangement of, uh, of guest commentators. We know Jeff Gordon's not coming back this year. He's taken that executive position with Hendrick Motorsports. So the only two confirmed positions that Fox is going to have is Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. Well, for the, day, uh, the Clash and the Daytona 500, that third commentator is going to be none other than Tony Stewart, and it sounds like it's going to be TBA for the rest of the season as far as who Fox gets to fill in for that third position uh, throughout the rest of the season. Okay. Uh, Tommy, your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm actually kind of excited to see Tony Stewart going up in the booth um, for these two races. I'm more curious to see who the other guests are going to be throughout the year. And, um, why didn't they move Larry McReynolds back into the booth is the other question of mine. Uh, nothing against Tony and Clint and everything and Mike Joy, uh, but I just feel like now that Jeff Gordon's not there and since Daryl Waltrip's retired and everything, it's just feel like something's been missing from there. But um, I think Tony Stewart's actually pretty funny, and, uh, you know, I, I grew up watching him, obviously, in the 20 Home Depot car and then his own team, so... I'm excited to see him go up in the booth for those two races, but I think Fox has kind of given away at who could potentially be going into the booth next year, kind of like you guys were discussing in the the group message earlier. But, um, I mean, Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick and Eric Almarola, those guys have been doing TV when they're not, you know, in the race car and same for Jamie McMurray. So, I mean, they have plenty of options who they could pick up there to be with Clint Boyer. Um, I'm just curious to see who they're going to pick full-time after either Tony Stewart or who they use as guests this year. I'm just ready to see who's going to be stable up there with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. But then another factor, too, to hold to that is when will Mike Joy retire? So that booth is just revolving, in my opinion. But um excited to see Tony be up there for Bush and Daytona. I think that's a good choice. I think he'll, because he was pretty good at the restrictor plate races. And for the Bush class, you know, that's going to be a different event of NASCAR. But I'm actually getting excited for it. It looks like it's going to be a nice short track race. Okay, Jay. Yeah, a lot of different interesting layers to this. Uh, you know, whether whether they want to try and keep that of uh, a rotation, uh, like got mentioned uh, for the year. You know, whether it be in waiting for I'll get to that in a minute uh, full time for somebody down the road. But for the rotation, I think that's kind of a cool deal. I know it can kind of throw off a production team. Um, to do that on a regular basis, but we've seen it with the Xfinity series a lot and the Truck series a lot where guest drivers uh, or whatever come in, whether it be based on charities, that they're doing it for their charities. So I kind of like that. And Tony Stewart being a great one to kick off this season uh, with the Coliseum, the clash at the Coliseum and the Daytona 500, 
I saw the tweet from, uh, was it Mark Martin? Uh, I was a little disappointed to see him, the way he declined that. You know, if he doesn't want to do it, I get that, but saying he's not smart enough and this and that. And if he were to only do one or two races, you know, I know he said the comment he's liking retired working on his own schedule and not having to be on somebody else's schedule. I think he would be a great one to do for a race or two. So I kind of like that idea. I'm sure it's not their uh, ideal and what they're looking for long-term. Uh, mentioned the you know, possibility of Kevin Harvick. I know he's even talked about it. We'll have to see how that develops uh, and if they're doing this just this year to hold the spot. But I think it could be worked and, and bring in some the very uh, variety of different ones. You know, we've seen it whenever there's a guest, uh, trying to think of the right word, uh, VP at the track, uh, you know, whether it be a singer or something, if you come up and are in the booth, normally then it's only for a, a segment, you know, a 10, 20, 30 minute segment. So I think something like that could really work and bring a different perspective. Uh, most of the time we see it, it's from drivers, which I think is a good input, but we already got Clint Boyer that that's bringing that aspect. So bringing in some other, you know, whether it be an owner or sponsor uh, executive, I've brings their perspective to the race while they're watching it and then can still contribute to, to the racing itself. But just the different perspectives, uh, I think it's kind of a cool aspect to it. Oh, did we lose you? That was all I got first round here. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I think uh, Tony Stewart will be good. The only thing that that worries me, and I was brought up on the thing, is that uh, and one of the one of the complaints I've always had about Fox is sometimes they get so carried away with clowning around or you know having fun that they forget to cover the race. Um, so I'm all for entertainment, uh, but I, I do want. Uh, whoever the announcers are to be focused on what's happening on the racetrack because that's exactly why I'm tuning in. Um, so I want to know what's happening on the track. Uh, somebody mentioned here too, um, and I'm referring to our internal uh, uh, board here, uh, that Harvick might be a perfect person to be kind of the straight man uh, against Boyer and uh, uh, and his um, his uh, kind of looser way of doing things. Uh, so I, I, I do agree with that. I think Boyer needs somebody who's a straight man to kind of complement uh, the personality, uh, not somebody who's going to be so rigid that it, it doesn't work, somebody that can kind of work with that and bounce with that because uh, we all know Boyer uh, kind of bounces, um, bounces around a little bit. But uh, I, I do like the entertainment that he provides as long as he still uh, keeps on on focus with what's happening on the track. So I like the idea that they have a third person. I understand what Jay brings up, that it could kind of break up the momentum of the team. But if they do like two, two uh, races at a time like that or two, th- two or three races at a time, like Tony Stewart is doing to open up the season here, I think that might work work out well. Or if they have a return um, visit to the booth uh, throughout the season, uh, you kind of get to know the personalities a little bit. The first year is going to be the toughest. Um, and then, like you said, like it was also mentioned on the board here, uh, one of the some of these drivers at some point are going to retire from racing. And it's going to give them a chance to uh, uh, 
be in the booth. So I think that that is um, certainly part of the reason for having a third queue. It's a, a chance to try out for that position when they do retire. So, Mike, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Well, oh, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit on that here with the Harvick deal. Oh, go. Okay, I got it. I got to do my announcement. We're coming up to the 10:30 time frame, and uh, we're going to go off the air at exactly 10:30. We like to let all of our new listeners know that that happens, so that you're not caught off guard. Now, know that when we go off of the off the air at 10:30, we are continuing our conversation, and we're recording that part of our conversation as part of the bonus overtime material on our podcast. I will go out on Twitter just to let you know that the podcast is now available, and that's when you can listen to the rest of the conversation by just fast-forwarding on the player to the two-hour mark, and then you can hear that bonus overtime material. Again, didn't want anybody to be caught off guard, but, Mike, go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, uh, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit with the Harvick thing there. But uh, reading between the lines, I think – it is what it is. I should have gone first. But uh, I'll wait my turn. And anyway, um, kind of reading between the lines here, uh, it may be that Fox didn't make a move to replace Jeff Gordon in the booth and keeping that third position open because they're banking on Kevin Harvick retiring at the end of the 2022 season. Now, this is just speculation on my part. There's nothing that's been announced or even hinted at, uh, besides some comments that Harvick made on, the, on Dale Jr.'s podcast a few months ago about he had considered retiring within the past few years, and it's just kind of kept going on. But maybe there's been some talks between Harvick and Fox that Harvick is going to run the 2022 season, and then Fox is going to keep that seat open for him for a full-time position in the 2023 season with Harvick moving to the booth and maybe Ryan Priest moving into that number four car at SHR. So maybe that's why the, uh, Fox is doing that rotational uh, arrangement for the, for the seat. I don't know, just speculation on my part, but it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for the rest of the year. Okay, Tommy? Uh, just two things I want to add to that uh, is um, – I agree with Jay about uh, Mark Martin. I saw that post too. I'm a little bit disappointed in Mark. I really um, wanted him to hop in an SRX car, and uh, he doesn't want to do it. But, I mean, I'm glad he's enjoying his retirement and living his own schedule. But fans miss you, so uh, just show up. Show up in the booth one time. Show up in the SRX car one time and call it a day. And then as for, I thought the same thing, too, about Harvick retiring um, after this season and going to the booth. But, man, I, I just, it's going to sound crazy. Well, not really, but I know players and drivers come and go, and you just keep on watching the sport and develop new ones. But sometimes I just want to hang on to people, and Tom Brady's one of them, Kevin Harvick's one of them. Ron Newman was one of them. It's just not going to be right seeing those guys not on the field, not on the track. I'm still getting used to Kobe Bryant not playing, or better yet, not even being alive. So crazy um, how that all changes. But um, I'm really excited for Tony Stewart going in the booth, and I really want to know who the other guest appearances are going to be throughout the season. I hope they throw some interesting people in there. I mean – just to name a few names of people that used to be on speed and people that I miss, uh, Kenny Wallace, um, Jimmy Spencer, 
But, I mean, these are all older people now. So, I mean, if you want to get newer generation, I don't know who you need to get in there then. Um, but there's definitely plenty of options. Okay, Jay. Yeah, that's kind of what was scrolling through my head was just some possibilities. Uh, you mentioned bringing back maybe some legends for a race or two, uh, talking about the change of the sport that can keep that uh, going. So you cover both sides of it. The new generation understands where, where you're coming from. The older generation is still engaged, as well as watching the development. So there's a lot of good possibilities with this. So I, I do hope they make it work. You mentioned that, you know, the Kevin Harvick deal um, – I know I heard actually that he was originally supposed to retire after I believe it was the 2020 season, maybe 2021, um, with the pushback of the next-gen car. You know, we talked about that with Jimmy Johnson, of a, mm-hmm. where he was at with that. So that is becoming uh, a louder and louder whisper and reality. So we'll have to see how that happens. But I, I just think about several other drivers. Uh, you know, um, I know, Sharon, you're one that – the the where are they now? Rick, if he's willing to um, bring back for just one or two, I would love to hear Ward Burton in the booth. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, um, so I, I really do think there there's some good possibilities there, and it can be managed, like you said. You know, for the production team, um, you know, it is a little bit of a difference with having that, just like we talk about with a crew chief for one or two races, that that communication and and the working through it. And the offset, I know, especially as an announcer, you, Sharon, you, you hit on it. You want to be still focused on the race, provide some entertainment, provide some other facts or, or whatever. I know occasionally, especially during maybe the pre-race, they get a little carried away with some of it. But, um, you know, and that's where I think that having the offset personalities um, and then one that's responsible for keeping it in line, which right, right now falls on Mike Joy, so – that's always a, a trick and a half, uh, depending on who's up there. But I, I think Tony Stewart to start the season, great one. We're going to see, uh, and some of the insights again. He provides, he can provide as a track owner, as a promoter, as a driver, as a <laughs> whatever else he's doing. So I think there's a, can be a lot of different tie-ins that can be done, a lot of good things that can be accomplished with this uh, this plan. Yeah, I agree. The, the thing with Harvick, though, I know they, there was a lot of talk about at the end of the 2021 season, but he signed. He's right now, he signed with Stuart Haas Racing through the 2023 season. Uh, and so he's he's not going to be leaving, I think, Stuart Haas, unless they release him from that contract. I think he's going to be with them through 2023 so I wouldn't look necessarily for Kevin Harvick to be in the booth um, uh, for next season Uh, but I would like to see somebody like Ray Evernham come into the booth and maybe be a part of it Uh, uh, and and some other people that maybe have recently retired Martin would be great I know he doesn't want to do it but it would be fun to see him there um, uh, and I, I, for some reason, I can't think of anybody else right offhand, but Ray Evernham was one of the ones uh, that kind of came into my mind. But what if they got somebody like a Casey Kane uh, to come in and maybe uh, call a race or whatever? Uh, there's those kind of opportunities. So I, I think that there are some uh, opportunities there. Uh, it will be fun to see what happens. But according to Jayski's, Harvick signed through 2023 with uh, – Stuart Haas Racing. Mike, your follow-up. 
we kind of touched on it before. Um, with a guy like Clint Boyer as being an anchor in the booth, you've really got to be careful who you put in there with him. Um, we got to we got to remember here. We're trying to to present a professional, elite level sport, and the show is the sport. The show can't become Clint Boyer and his whack jack friends. So mm-hmm. Tony Stewart, um, I, I think they did one or two races with Tony Stewart last year, and it was entertaining for a one-off kind of a deal. And I think the clash is a good fit for him. I'm hesitant about the Daytona 500 um, because now we're talking about some serious business racing here, but you, know, you can't, Clint Boyer has got a, a, you know, a personality and a half on him. He's great. He's entertaining, but you, he can really quickly turn your serious professional racing broadcast into a comedy show, which is entertaining, but it kind of takes away from the sport and it, it makes the show about the booth instead of the sport. And we're trying not to have the WWE on wheels here, and it can really become something like that. So having somebody like Harvick or Chad Knauss or Ray Evernham, kind of that serious mm-hmm. straight man to, to play off of Clint Boyer's comic relief would be a great fit. But having somebody who's a little bit more of a, a cut-up sense of humor kind of a guy and it can it can kind of the wheels can fall off pretty quick there. So it's going to be fun to see. I think they might have a couple misses to go along with their hits, depending on who they throw in there. Um, but with it only being hopefully a one or two race deal for each of these guys coming in there, if it's a bad show, okay, they had one bad show, but it's not like we're stuck for it for the rest of the season. That's true. Okay, Tommy, we're up to you for our next top topic. Okay, let me scroll through here and see what um, would be a good one to bring up. It's been a while since we talked in December, so there's plenty to choose from here. Um, okay, so since we were talking about Kevin Harvick, why don't we just loop these two in together? Ryan Priest being signed to uh, Stuart Haas as a reserve driver and Eric Almarola to retire after 2022. Yeah, that was a big one. Jay, your thoughts? Well, and the order which these came out was was really interesting. You know, initially it was Priest was signed, or signed as a reserve driver, going to get some starts, and then that followed up later with Eric Almarola's announcement of a retirement. So we're kind of expecting him to go into that. And I know when Mike mentioned of him going into Harvick's car, we you got another seat to fill there first uh, in um, – the number 10 for Eric Almarola. So that's going to be really interesting. I'm happy for Ryan Priest. Uh, I think he is one that, again, deserves the opportunity to be at the cup level. I know we got several names that got thrown out throughout there. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, he's doing the trucks for a year. Maybe uh, that he comes back into play. Uh, Ryan Newman looking for a ride, uh, has been at Stuart Haas before. So some interesting things there. Um, we'll have to see right now. As it stands, again, Priest is a reserve driver, going to get some other starts, and I think that's great for him. And to be in the pipeline at Stuart Haas Racing, uh, you know, we saw this with uh, Alex Bowman at uh, Hendrick Motorsports, did it for a year with the simulator work and his role there. So I think, again, one, it's one of those things you see um, a team watching other teams. They saw something that worked. And to have that available and sign him and lock him down, I think was a good thing. 
Whether or not they knew already then that Eric Almirola was going to retire, I don't know. Or maybe Eric made that decision after he knew there was a driver available. Not real sure how that all played out, but I, do, I think it does kind of neatly fit together with one package. And then we would throw in there again of how long before Harvick uh, does retire. I really thought his contract also ended at, tw- at the end of 22. So I was kind of on board with that of expecting him out by 2023. Um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what decision is made there. But I think Stuart Haas is doing a good thing. I know when we talk about the Xfinity series, you got Riley Herbst as the the one in their pipeline there. Uh, I hate to be on the side with Mike on that. I don't know that he's one that's shown he's quite ready to come up to cup, but he may get his opportunity anyway. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, Mike. It's going to be a shame to see Eric Almirola go. Um, my, my dad knows him a whole lot better than I do, but he kind of grew up uh, racing in Florida around the time that, uh, that we were really big in the short track scene there. So I've gotten to meet him. Like I said, my dad knows him a whole lot better than I do, so I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm Eric's buddy or anything like that. But he is a good stand-up, real-world kind of guy. He is a, a, a great person. He is probably more than anybody else in the, in the entire sport has represented his sponsor, Smithfield Foods, extremely well. He's a great ambassador for their brand. So he's done a phenomenal job. It's going to suck to see him go. Um, don't sugarcoat it. The 10 team had an abysmal season last year. They got that one win at New Hampshire. But other than that, their season was horrible. So I really, really hope that they're able to put together a solid season for, uh, for Eric's last season and, and give him a really good send-off that he deserves. Um, there's, there's some great drivers coming with Ryan Priest and well, I say great drivers, Riley Herbst is also in the mix, but there's some great drivers out there like Ryan Priest who could potentially go into that 10 car. Um, but the cup series is going to lose a really good one when Eric Almirola steps away. Okay. I agree. It is sad to see Eric Almirola stepping away, uh, from the sport. I hope he does get a good send off. He has a good car and is uh, competitive this year. Um, but this is a good uh, – it's a good development model for a driver like that because he's going to race 12 races across all three of the series along with being a backup driver for um, the team. And that, what I like about that is if one of the drivers, uh, for whatever reason, injured, whatever reason, if they – uh, get a concussion like Dale Earnhardt did a few years, Dale Jr. did a few years ago. Um, it gives them an opportunity to have somebody to be in that car and give that driver the relief uh, that they might need under, uh, you know, whatever those circumstances might be. Um, but I also think it's good development for the driver because he'll also be racing the simulator and giving them feedback uh, from the simulator. And I think that's a good um, uh, skill for any driver to have because they have to be able to give feedback to their crew chief. So I think this is a good development tool. And I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see more drivers. Uh, And we've talked about this. Uh, We're becoming waterlogged a little bit because we've got a lot of really talented drivers coming up through the system and no place for them to go. Uh, That's why you've got three drivers driving uh, for college racing in the uh, Cup Series. 
so that's another model that I think is going to be used. Uh, this is another alternative that they can do to accommodate more drivers being involved and giving drivers a chance to kind of develop themselves uh, as they move into the Cup Series. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, I like Ryan Priest. I think he's a stand-up kind of guy, and uh, I wish him all the best. And, and it almost does seem like he's a driver in waiting, if you will, uh, for an opportunity to come up for him to step up. And Alec Elmore's seat seems to be the seat, uh, whether it will be him. you got to think of this as also a chance to kind of evaluate whether or not they do want him to step up or if they'll release him to another team at some point down the road. So he's, he's in essence, applying for that job uh, this year. But uh, knowing Ryan Priest the way we do, uh, I think he's pretty serious about his racing career, and I don't think there's any worries there. But it is, in essence, uh, uh, applying for the job kind of opportunity. So, Tommy, I'm curious to know your thoughts. So, um, in regards to Eric Almarola retiring, I think the earliest I remember him, he was driving the eight army car. And then I feel like the next car I remember him driving was the 43 car, which he did put in victory lane at Daytona in the July race. So mm-hmm. I remember that was his first win, I think too, before he won at Talladega a few years ago. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, Eric's been driving for, what, 10, 15 years probably, so I'm going to be sad to see him leave, but not not like I would like Ryan Newman and Kevin Harvick and all them, because I've been watching them longer. Nothing against Eric, but um, and Smithfield's always loved his sponsor, because he had it at Richard Petty for a long time, and then brought it over to Stuart Haas, so not only is NASCAR losing Eric Camarola, but they're most likely losing Smithfield too. Um, for Ryan Priest, um, I mean, good for him. I mean, it sounds like there might be two open seats for him in the years to come if he can stick with Stuart Haas. So that might work out for him. And, uh, and if, you know, if they fill up their Cup Series cars, I'm, I'm about on board with you guys. Nothing against Riley Earps, but they could move Priest into that car if they wanted to also. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jay, a follow-up? I think you hit on something there. If if a, if a team can afford to and work it out, we're talking years past, we've seen some of what they call Regan Smith got referred to as a super sub uh, was the one that always got called on. <laughs> and I know right now, especially we're still under some issues with the, the COVID and the protocol, uh, whatever, however that may affect things to have that other driver that isn't just a call and say, Hey, can you make it? Can we work out a deal? Sometimes, especially with Regan Smith, there was a contract between manufacturers that had to be worked out, deals that way. So to have a driver you already have set up is fully integrated into your team, doing your sim work and being a part of the team, I think is a great way to go if you can afford it and be able to do that. Uh, in Priest's case, uh, you know, he fit into the, the program, uh, didn't have a full-time ride, so and uh, looks like it's already going to pay dividends, like I said. So... Um, don't know that every team would have that capability or if it's the the way everybody can go, but I think it will be a, a good long-term thing. I'm trying to think. Landon Castle is another one I know did it for years for, for several teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how how that plays out. 
but I, I think it's going to be huge for Stuart Haas Racing as well as Ryan Priest uh, in this case. Okay, Mike? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We've, we've, we've got one driver right now, but two potential openings at Stuart Haas Racing within the next year or two. Uh, we already know the 10 is going to be vacant at the end of this year, and we've already been speculating on the four. Uh, so it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be something to watch over at Stuart Haas Racing for the next couple of years. We're assuming Ryan Priest is going to go into, if not the 10 car, the four. But who else does Stuart Haas really have in the pipeline? We've talked about Ryan, uh, Riley Herbst. Um, Haley Deegan is another one that's in the Ford development pipeline. But I don't think she's ready yet to even move on to the Xfinity Series. We'll see how she does this year in the Truck Series. Hopefully she can improve on last year. But she's still at least probably two seasons or more away from even potentially being cup ready. So the development at Stuart Haas Racing over the next couple of years is definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. I also think that uh, it could be a retirement opportunity uh, model uh, if somebody didn't, you know, like a Ryan Newman, say. I think Ryan Newman would love to have uh, a full-time ride, uh, but with that not being available for him or an option for him, this could be an alternative for him to maybe work with a team, and he'll probably – he might do it with uh, Roush uh, Fenway Keselowski Racing. Um, so I see that model not only for the new people coming in, but possibly others that are retiring that maybe don't want to completely retire but want to slow down maybe a little bit. So just a, just a, an additional thought I had there as we were talking. So, Tommy, you get to wrap this one up. Uh, uh, sad to see Eric Alvarola go. Um Happy to see Ryan Priest stick around and get some. Um, he's not done cup racing yet for this year, at least anyway. He's going to be at the Bush Class actually, and and I believe is he going to be in a car with Liz Faster for Rick Ware or something? I think Rick Ware maybe, but either way, he's already going to be in his new ride to start off the season in a few weeks. Um, other than that, curious to see who Stuart Haas puts in those two cars and the Xfinity car in the years to come. Yes, indeed. It is going to be interesting uh, because it is, we're, we're going through a changing of the guard here, I think, in the next couple of years. Okay, uh, we're coming up uh, on the top of the hour. We're about 10 minutes away, so I'm going to go ahead and start the roundtable now. Uh, I just want to mention real quick, uh, first race, for the NASCAR Cup Series is going to be Sunday, February the 6th, 6 p.m. PET at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles, California. And this sounds crazy, but it's 150 laps, but they're only covering a distance of 37.5 miles. Uh, so it, it's uh, kind of an interesting scenario there. It's a do-not-miss event. Uh, and uh, definitely looking forward to it. If you're looking for racing this weekend, you've got the uh, IMSA uh, going to be racing this weekend. We also have uh, two guests on tonight's show. Both gave us great interviews. Uh, Blaine Perkins is racing with CR7 Motorsports in the Camping World Truck Series this season uh, full-time, and uh, Derek Thorne. Uh, who's a Spears Southwest Touring Series driver uh, who is uh, 
racing, not just in the West this season. He's got uh, six races, seven races now, scheduled on the east side in Midwest and east part of the country. And so he's going to be racing uh, all over the country this year. And uh, you'll be able to watch him on all the different streaming services that are available, including uh, the one at Racing America, Spears uh, Racing has a streaming service, and um, Flow Racing now has a lot of grassroots racing uh, that's available. So today it was announced he's on the Slinger National. So um, it's a lot of uh, really good interviews there with our two guests, so I want to thank them for being on. But let's go ahead and start our roundtable and uh, Jay, we'll start with you again on that regard. Well, I got to say, I got a little ahead of myself. I was just looking at the calendar. I really thought this next weekend was the Clash. Uh, we got one more weekend in there between uh, that and the Clash. So uh, a little heartbroken there, but uh, I put up our, our fantasy charts. We're getting ready for that. So uh, I guess I got a little more time to work with that than what I thought, but getting ready for our next season of fantasy racing here at Fan for Racing uh, Blog and Talk Radio. Uh, getting ready for myself. Uh, I think mid-February uh, is when we start with the go-kart track now opening in uh, Jackson going full-time, as well as still the big track, your Capital City Raceway, starting on March 5th. So, i uh, got to get back into road shape, if you will, and excited about that as well. But I guess i got to wait a little bit longer for the uh, for the cup cars. <laughs> and, you know, f- uh, social media, you can follow me on uh, Facebook, Michael Hoosman, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Uh, Mike, you're next. Jay, let's be real here. You know as well as I do that road shape is round. Yeah, I didn't say which shape it was. <laughs> hey, round is a shape. I mean, round is a shape. I remember that from kindergarten. It stuck with me. All right, anyway, uh, I know Jay is also devastated <laughs> that we didn't get to talk about uh, his favorite up-and-coming NASCAR superstar team, the Money Team, but I'm sure we'll talk about that at, uh, in our next show, which I'm already looking forward to. Um, I uh, will not be at the racetrack anytime soon because I decided to put my uh, my track car into the fence at Barber Motorsports Park back in November. So I am currently repairing my uh, my car. Uh, so I'll be sitting on the couch watching race cars for for, for the foreseeable future while I repair my my wrecked one. Um, Mike underscore Orzel on Twitter. Mike double underscore O on Reddit. Follow me for all your news, important information and completely indisputably correct opinions. Uh, I got an article in the pipeline right now. Uh, It's a 2022 season preview going through all the changes and drivers and cars and crew chiefs and numbers and all the stuff that's different from last year into this year. And some of the stuff is the same. And, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully uh, within the next week or so, depending on when we get it all chewed up and digested, it'll be ready to go. Okay, Tommy. Uh, at since 95 fan or uh, Tommy underscore C25. Um, I do not have any tweets um, disappointing y'all, so I need to start tweeting out some stuff, and uh, hopefully it's good content. And I also need to get to work on an article for you guys too, so I'll get to work on all that. Okay, sounds good. And you can always retweet uh, the stuff that I put out too. <laughs> that always helps. Okay, um, I am Fan for Racing Site on Twitter, Fan for Racing Blog and Radio everywhere else, 
including FanforRacing.com, where we have our radio player, a FanforRacing radio player, and you can listen to our uh, live broadcast there or the podcast uh, according to your schedule. Uh, and, again, we had the uh, big thank, shout-out to our guests, Derek Thorne and Blaine Perkins, and uh, to our listeners for tuning in, and, of course, to our FanforRacing crew, Salsa Gala, Jay Huseman, Mike Orzel and Tommy Kraft uh, couldn't do it without all you guys. Uh, really appreciate the support that you guys give us, and uh, we hope uh, you will tune in. I'm looking at the calendar here for when our next uh, show might be. My son's birthday is actually on February 3rd, so I can't actually do it on February 3rd. So I'm thinking maybe we can do a podcast or something on the 2nd. Uh, and have it up by the 3rd or maybe a podcast on the 4th and have it up uh, sometime before uh, that uh, uh, Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum. And we can at least preview that and then review it. Uh, And then the next uh, show would be uh, before the Daytona weekend, uh, which is a couple weeks later. So we'll be back on air early in um, uh, February. Uh, in order to cover the Bush Clash, uh, both the preview and the review. So uh, definitely look for that sometime around the early part of uh, February. Um, And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the season. Uh, Jay, uh, Sal and I did a uh, preview, kind of out of our wheelhouse uh, for Monday night, but we went ahead and did the preview of uh, the season, uh, for all three of the uh, NASCAR's top three and the Arkham and Art Series uh, three series and uh, a little bit of, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the IMSA that's going to be racing this weekend. So uh, definitely uh, looking forward to uh, a full season. Uh, our two guests, I hope they come back on because we had a lot of fun with them tonight. So uh, with that, I hope everybody enjoys the weekend of racing, and we'll all look forward to talking to you early in in February. With that, I think we're ready to call it a night, guys. Good night, everybody. All right, good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. We'll see you in February. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.